1: Mobilized by the Secret Masters, they are
0: the Department of Nerdly Affairs.
1: Hi all, Rob here. Just popping in before the show with a little note. This particular episode that you're about to hear is a sequel of sorts to the one we did on Writing Formulas a few weeks ago. And if you haven't heard that episode, it's still okay to listen to this one. Um, Basically what happened is, after we did that episode... Jack Ward had a big debate with us about our presentation of the hero's journey and so we basically decided to turn that into an episode. So this episode is the follow-up in a lot of ways to that episode but some of you might not be familiar with the hero's journey so you may want to actually check out one of the links about the hero's journey before listening to this episode or I'm going to give you a really quick brief rundown of what the hero's journey is because we try to do it during the episode but things keep getting off track as we're debating the different elements of the hero's journey, so I thought it's best to put a short version right at the beginning of the episode for you. The hero's journey was an idea put forth by uh, Joseph Campbell, a comparative mythologist who wrote a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And in short, he was a comparative mythologist, so he compared the mythologies of many, many different cultures all around the world. And he found that their mythical stories all tended to have the same pattern they generally started with what's called a call to adventure where the hero is living their normal life and then something happens that brings them into a new life um then they receive some kind of aid usually he refers to it as supernatural aid but this can be a mentor some someone helps them in some way they get someone who kind of helps them in their journey along the way usually and they basically enter a threshold where they begin to face challenges as they try to accomplish their goals and they face what he calls challenges and temptations and usually they'll be helpers and mentors and obstacles and other people they'll meet along this way eventually they'll reach what he refers to as the abyss or sometimes it's called the meeting with the goddess where what happens is is the hero realizes that he's been doing this the wrong way that he's not truly facing what he really needs to face to solve the problem, so he faces it after his moment of revelation. he decides or she decides that um, they're going to try a new approach, a uh, one that's more honest to themselves as a character. They are now transformed they atone for the mistakes that they've made and for the price they had to pay to go through the uh, revelation through go through and transform themselves and eventually they return back to their old life but new and transformed and changed in some way now this is one version of the hero's journey um there are a couple different versions um there's a version with 12 steps there's versions with six steps dan Harmon did a thing called the story circle which has eight steps which i'm rather fond of as a version of the hero's journey and I recommend you look that up, I'll, I'll link to it. But that's basically it, right? The hero goes on a journey, and they experience challenges that ultimately lead to transformation, and then they go back again, a newly transformed person who understands what they have to do. Now, of course, the term hero here is a bit of a misnomer. He calls it the hero because, of course, he was a comparative mythologist, and he's looking at heroic stories. But the idea that you're about to hear presented, as Jack will say, is that the hero is not necessarily a hero, they're simply the protagonist, or the person who is acting as our guide into this journey. They may actually not be a hero themselves. I mean, Deadpool would certainly not refer to himself as a hero, but one would be hard pressed to argue that Deadpool is not going through a hero's journey in the movie Deadpool that was so popular last year. I know I loved it. And so... The hero's journey has also become a standard part of Hollywood, uh, thanks to a guy named Christopher Vogler, who wrote a practical guide to Joseph Campbell's The Hero with a Thousand Faces in 1985. It was a memo that swept through Hollywood and basically transformed it. And now everyone in Hollywood looks at a movie as a hero's journey. It's become the standard template for Hollywood movie making. And uh, once you realize that, and once you know what the steps are and everything, you can pretty much see it in almost every Hollywood movie. As Jack will point out, this is not necessarily required. Um, And Vogler's version, the Hollywood hero's journey, is a little bit different than the Campbell hero's journey, which was much more open to interpretation. Because, of course, Campbell did not write it as a writing manual or for writers. Campbell was just a theorist going through saying, hey, look, these things all have similarities. And it's writers, like uh, Christopher Vogler, or Jack, or others, who have taken it and taken it to the next step and said, well, this can be used as a template for writing. And that's what you're about to hear us basically debate on for the next two hours. If that really doesn't sound like your cup of tea, and you're not interested in hearing us argue about the validity of the hero's journey for the next two hours, you might want to skip this episode. It's a pretty entertaining episode with huge numbers of references to... uh, obscure sitcoms left, right, and center. Um, oddly enough, for some reason, it turns into a giant sitcom fest. I'm not sure why, but I think probably because the question of whether the sitcom actually fits into the Hero's Journey template or not is a question that comes up and keeps coming up during the discussion. But if this is not your kind of thing, come back again in two weeks when we'll have an interview with uh, Will Minio, who was the uh, showrunner of the X-Men animated series in the 90s was also responsible for a little show called ExoSquad that some of you might be familiar with, and was involved in pretty much every Marvel Sunbow production, including G.I. Joe and all the Marvel superhero shows that came out in the 80s and 90s in one capacity or another. It's a fantastic interview, and we really had a great time interviewing Will, and so you definitely don't want to miss that one. But if you want to explore into the subconscious of humanity and the hero's journey, now is your chance. Enjoy the show, guys. Bye. Hello, everyone. And welcome to the Department of Nerdly Affairs. I'm your host, Rob Patterson, here with my co-host, Don Chisholm. Yep. And tonight, we're having a little bit of a flashback. A couple episodes ago, we talked about writing formulas. And during um, during that discussion, we touched on the idea of the hero's journey. Now... There's been some feedback about uh, our handling of the hero's journey and the whole idea of the hero's journey, so we thought we'd do a whole episode on it, and we couldn't think of a better person to discuss the hero's journey, besides John Campbell, of course, but he wasn't available, so we got Jack Ward instead. (laughs) Welcome, Jack.
2: Fine. I think Joseph Campbell would've been much better than John Campbell, but uh, but, <laughs> but he, yeah, he's been Thank you so much for having me. It's always good to have the, you know, the irritant in the in the crowd to come and talk with you guys. So, I am the one that made the made the big complaints, but I, I that's I only complain cuz I love you guys so much.
1: I know, I know <laughs> you want us to be perfect. I understand that, Jack. I can feel the love. <laughs> So, Jack, um, <laughs> since you, since we invite you on to talk about The Hero's Journey, I think it's only fair that you're the one who actually discusses what the, I guess, proper version of The Hero's Journey is with our uh, listeners. So why don't you give us the lowdown on The Hero's Journey, and then we'll go on from there.
2: Well, I, I have to say, uh, first of all, and first and foremost, I love The Hero's Journey. I love The Hero's Journey for many different reasons. I love Joseph Campbell. I mean, the man... Is probably one of the top three people that I consider mentors in my life, and I never met him. So, hmm. um, but uh, and the hero with a thousand faces, his book is like one of my most treasured books in my collection. You could burn ninety nine percent of my books, don't burn that one. Um, it's hmm. uh, it's also the book that uh, George Lucas had on his desk when he was doing it. And if you want to watch uh, Joseph Campbell. With Bill Moyers, go watch the Power Myth, which they did at PBS uh, four episodes. I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch that. No, um, no, it's incredible to sit there and li- listen to him um, work with Bill Moyers, just off the off the the cuff. You see, the under- the, to understand Joseph Campbell, you have to understand: here is a man who is a a a, a real educator in the primest sense, who not just knows his topic, but knows his topic so thoroughly, it's really hard to stump him. He's a man who knew the mythology of almost every major culture in the world, uh, a variety, and such a variety that he would find all the connections in all these different things. So you would say, you know, well, I always use the example of the frog prince. And he's like, well, the frog prince, you know, yeah, it came from a Germanic folklore uh, fairy tale. But you know what? In the Japanese version of it, this happens. And in the Russian version, this happens. Oh, and there's an African version here, here, and here, and these are the very places that they're different. But if you take a look at the way the Celtic one runs out, and then the Viking one runs out, and then the native ones, in nice, these five different tribes, these things happen. And here's where the commonalities are, and here's where the differences are. And so it's from that kind of deep Hmm. deep understanding that he came up with the idea of the hero's journey and there's a big misunderstanding and i think it comes from you know um this 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 guy i think it's christopher vogler who created christopher yeah who created the like the hollywood version of this there's this deep misunderstanding that this is an entirely sort of western uh perspective of how story is wrought and i i i for, vociferously fight against that on a regular basis because the truth of the matter is this is how human beings tell stories. And uh, okay. this is how human beings break down uh, the way we tell stories. And, and when things don't feel right, mm-hmm. it's often not... Uh, there, there are two possibilities as far as I'm concerned. One is you place different you know signposts in different places where they should be or the pacing was wrong or you're missing such so three things or you're missing very specifically the elements that create the hero's journey. Now, I I understand the hero's journey has, you know, um 12 often 12 stages. I break it down for my students into 5 because I think you can you can boil away some of the ex, uh, extremities and the five stages I think pretty much are found in every single story that you could find. I've,
1: I've yet to find a
2: story that it doesn't fit.
1: Hmm. Okay. So can you boil those stages down for our audience? Some of yeah. them probably aren't familiar with the different stages.
2: Well, the, the original stages of the hero's journey, um, the 12 stages are as, well, they start off with the, the ordinary world. Um, mm-hmm. this is where the hero exists before the present story. And I, I just, I ignore that because that's, you know, it's, it's, it's it's superfluous in the respect, mm-hmm. right, when it comes to a story, because most of the time you're waiting for the inciting incident, right? And so the mm-hmm. inciting incident is truly the call to adventure, which is the second one. So right. in the call to adventure, the hero either seeks adventure or adventure seeks the hero. Now, is that not fair to say that, you know, every story has that. If you don't have that, you have no story. You know, there there has to be some sort of aspect of something that's going on So that we have a story to tell.
1: Usually, yes, I won't say one hundred percent of the time.
2: Well, give me an example where where I'm wrong.
1: Um,
2: I hmm. I need to know because I'm I'm fascinated about. (laughs) I've never been able to find a particular story where either the hero is searching for adventure, and I don't. And again, the other part of this is a lot of people are looking for the grand epic story. And it doesn't mm. have to be the grand epic story. It can be a very mundane story. It could be, the, the you know, the, the hero is searching for his toothpaste.
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Right. And, and and that's part of, you know, trying to gain, gain wisdom or whatever it is that you're having to do. You know, you mm-hmm. break it down. It's it's not that. It doesn't have to be the grand thing that people are looking for. Because that, that's the biggest argument that people have. It's just like, well, this works really great for Lord of the Rings. But, you know, how does this work for an Adam Sandler movie?
1: You know, Well, okay, just to answer your question, actually, the answer would be the Japanese Kisho Tenketsu structure, which is a very peculiar Japanese storytelling structure that they came up with originally for poetry. I think it's for kind of their poem. Anyway, the short version of the structure runs like this, okay? You introduce an element, you introduce another element, and then we just kind of see what happens when these two elements come into play with each other. Now, neither of those elements necessarily have to be actually seeking anything. They don't have to be involved with anything. It's just literally we're putting this element with this element. Let's see what happens. And
2: so, so so give me a, a real story about the like right now it sounds like a chemistry experiment because right? that's
1: sound... kind of the way it works out. That's yeah. how I break it down. yeah um okay, uh, but you have to a? have characters, right. You do in theory, so, yes. So
2: so if you have one character that ends up being uh well, I mean they could both be the main characters, but even just that is the call to adventure where they're both um let's okay, let's let's take it out of the Japanese thing. Let's take it to um the hand of Ulster. Have mm-hmm. you ever heard of the Red Hand of Ulster story?
1: No. What's the Red that, Hand of Ulster story? Very
2: uh, so the Red Hand of Ulster story is two brothers. Um, mm-hmm. And the elements they 're just two brothers um, who uh, have found a land together, which is the element that they 've discovered and mm-hmm. they, they and be beca- through all that element uh, through f- through finding the land, they have to decide who 's going to have the land right right so you know right there those are you know just two two characters with an element thrown in suddenly mm-hmm. that element thrown in creates a call to adventure for those characters, so right. they both start rowing like crazy to get to um, to the land to get to Ireland, and mm-hmm. uh, the one stronger rower is going to be there before the other. So the other brother cuts off his own hand and throws it, and it touches the shore first. Therefore, he's able to to uh, name it and and claim it. And that's why right. you see the flag, the red hand of Ulster. It's a red hand of Ulster in, in Ireland. So mm. I mean, hmm. again, well we well we like to sit there, and and part of the problem is is that we sit there and we go, yeah, but it doesn't work with this particular structure. Those structures, to me, are just sort of like templates that you put on top of the idea. At some point, you've got to mm-hmm. meet somebody. At some point, that's got to change something in what you're mm-hmm. normally doing. It's removing you out of the ordinary world in one way or another.
3: Yeah.
2: And, and, and and because you're removed out of that ordinary world, suddenly you're on an adventure.
0: Uh, Snell, I don't want to get into into this just yet. Um, I think... um. When you talk story, you can kind of go back to to the original three act story. Um, mm-hmm. If instead of beginning, middle, end, if you kind of redefine it as beginning, something happens, it gets resolved. Mm. I, I think that's sort of a, a way of looking at it. Now, if you want something a story without a call to action, mm. what I what I would generally suggest would be uh, just about any newspaper comic.
1: Hmm. That's an interesting point. Can you can you explain
0: more? Um if you've ever read newspaper comic cuz a lot of them it'll be a character kind of makes a pseudo humorous observation about something. Right, right? And it's it's a little isolated kind of mm-hmm. kind of um event, right? But it doesn't have the the it doesn't have like the there's no call to action because a lot of times there just isn't action involved. Well, it's not a story, right? Well, see, now I would say, though, um, it depends how you want to define story.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, if you, if, you put a, if you put a pictogram or pictograph up on the wall, mm-hmm. that's, that's not necessarily a story until you start telling the story of that pictograph, right? Right. So all it is is an image, so, uh, unless mm-hmm. you have the 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 full spectrum of the comic strip, and you're reading Mary Worth or Mark Trail or Buck Rogers, and those are stories because I I I own the first uh, two years of Buck Rogers strips, and right. every and they continue, and you can see, you know, although the call to action is often sort of recycled, so that they have a chance to sort of bring people up to speed. But there is a progression that happens all the way through those stories. Those are continuing serial stories in that way. So you have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Or as Joe would have called it, um, separation, initiation, and return. (laughs) And again, he he calls them different things. We, We call them different things, but we all see them in the same way. Or else we don't feel... Comfortable with the way that story, like we should go back to mediums that we all agree that are stories. You know, storytelling, a particular tale, uh, a fairy tale, a movie, uh, a novel, a short story, a play—all mm-hmm. those kinds mm-hmm. of things are, are are truly the only thing I can think of. Even in a play that doesn't work is is uh, that may not work. Um, is things mm-hmm. like theater of the absurd or something, right? Right, um, and then. You can't really argue so much that there's a story anyway. That they they're sort of vignettes of imagery. They're poetic. right, yeah. They're poetry, po- poetic images, right? And right, not all true. poems are stories either. You've got ballads, and then you've got these lyricals that that are there to p- paint an image, mm-hmm. but not mm-hmm. really to t- tell you a story from the beginning, middle, and end.
0: See, I, I would still argue though that a lot of uh, newspaper strips. Mm-hmm. There's still a story, and I'm referring to something like, say, um, like Blondie or Snuffy Smith, because you still have that. There's a beginning, something happens, it gets resolved. But a lot of times with that something is, it might be like an observation. Oh, it's Wednesday. Snuffy's probably out stealing chickens. Ha ha ha. The end, and supposedly, it's it's funny, but it's you're watching an event play out. Um, right. But it it doesn't. And I oh, see, this is something I kind of wanted to get into into maybe a little bit into the into the discussion, but I guess I'll start now sure. um the reason why before I said that say a procedural follows mm-hmm. a completely different idea from say the hero's journey is because I think you have to look at say characters and you have to realize that characters exist in different ways mm-hmm. Um, they're not all exactly a character. So you'll get, um, when you talk about, say, the hero's journey, that refers um, originally to legend, to literature, to religion, to these, these right. it's it's a story, it exists as a story. But when you start getting into, into the more modern era, you'll get things like characters that are licenses, mm-hmm. and their existence follows something different. This is, I believe it was a, Um, The last time we talked about this, we talked about uh, how Harmon had referred to something like, say, friends, that they get up to that point of change, but never quite get there.
1: Yes. And I think that that is a problem that I can see myself when I look at the hero's journey, as Jack talks about it, is sometimes characters don't go through the whole journey. Sometimes they just go through one or two steps of it, and that's as far as they get. Like. They may, now, the hero's journey may be a complete story or one version of where they could go but the, and where most stories do go, but it isn't necessarily where most sto- stories have to go. Like, you can go through just a couple steps of it and then maybe go in a different direction or go back again.
2: Mm-hmm. But Okay, I, I think, I think what we're mis, mis, misunderstanding, though, is, is the reason why things like Friends isn't really rewatchable is because mm-hmm. it's not an effective hero's journey. So, yeah, it you can have stories that don't follow the hero's journey and they fail. And that's the mm-hmm. whole point, right? Is they don't have lasting strength to that. It's my it's my Fraser problem, right? Here <laughs> we have a really good show that devolved why? Cuz char- the character of Fraser didn't grow. Um mm-hmm. whereas you take a look at some classic shows that like even even um uh, how I Met Your Mother, uh, which I, I despise right now, and I've never watched it, but I've watched every single one of it like five thousand times. Because I've never watched it, my sons have it on on a regular basis, and I just right. get it, uh, you know. But even I can <laughs> see can see that the entire conceit of the whole show is here's how I met your mother, right? Mm-hmm so and and they don't get to it and they don't get to it and they don't get to it and then they get to it right so it takes time but you see the characters go through all kinds of changes go back to taxi those characters grew and they went through a. a and that's why taxi can, is considered to be one of the better sitcoms barney miller even to a certain degree those characters grew through stuff uh wkrp they didn't end off being the same characters that they started off they they grew Um, And even France, I mean, as much as Harmon can argue that, um, there was an ending there. People got mm-hmm. married. People's feelings got hurt. Some people got moved out. There was a change in the relationship. There was an ending that came. It took nine, ten years for it to happen. And, At least 10, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, and, and, but that's, that's fine. There's no, there's no argument. There's no way to say that. And this is where I was saying is like what people complain about the hero's journey are really talking about milestones and goalposts and pacing. So, you know, you can do the hero's journey in six acts and you can do the hero's journey in 50 acts. There's no, there's no
1: particular requirement that it has to be in three. Well, hold on a sec, though. An individual episode of Friends doesn't have a hero's journey and it. it only goes through part of it at best. And then it's a complete story in and of itself. Like, the fact that it eventually does turn into a hero's journey, or as we look at it over, like, the whole, like, 11 seasons or something, is not really relevant here. The well, fact no, is, I, I, there I would... were still episodes. Like, the first yeah. season doesn't go anywhere, Jack. Even the whole first season, a whole 20-whatever episodes, doesn't actually go more than one or two steps of the supposed hero's journey and just keeps looping back on itself. It's kind
2: of No, I think you're... I, I I disagree and in this is the reason why. So we didn't get through the rest of the list Yeah, but, we better go through the whole set. But Actually, let here, me, we
1: better go through the but set. But, to, but let me exp-
2: let me let me give you one little quick thing I think it does go through its own mini hero's journey because it has each episode has a requirement that they have to get at the end. It's kind of like getting, you know, when you play D&D and you're mm-hmm. and and you're you're sitting down for a session, it's not part it's part of the whole campaign, but it just because you didn't get to the end of the campaign doesn't mean it's not part of the campaign. Um and maybe you didn't see why you had to pick up that key from the old crypt keeper. Um but in the end it will come clear kind of thing. So even the little things that they do is part of building those characters, building those connections, uh, missing out or crossing the threshold, all those kinds of things that they talk about. So um, here we have um, the call to adventure, which I include the refusal to call when I do it in my little five, which, mm-hmm. again, if you refuse the call to adventure, you end up being a victim waiting to be saved, right? So um, meeting the mentor, I don't talk about that too much because, again um, – well, that is an interesting aspect. The mentor um, whole bit, um, it can be overstated in a story, mm-hmm. and it can be understated. It could be really small. Mm-hmm. And so I don't use that with my students when I talk about it. So my first one is called to Adventure. My second one is their fifth, which is the crossing of the threshold, mm-hmm. um, which is really key to be able to going from here to there. In Friends, if you want the crossing the threshold, it's them meeting together in perks for the first time kind of thing which I think is like one of the very first scenes, right? It's just mm-hmm. is, is they actually get together because they, they don't know um, Rachel, I think, at that pr- t- point in time, and so they meet her, and she's... Um, some of them do, some of them don't. Um, then they, they number six in, in the hero's journey is Tess, allies, and enemies, um, and again, that's sort of a requirement. That's just the, the, the running over the obstacles, right? You have some sort of mm-hmm. al- obstacles of some sort. Um, seven approach to the to the inmost cave. Again, I don't I don't get into that aspect because that's just sort of setting up for the ordeal.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I I call the ordeal, um, which is sort of part and parcel of it. I, I I call it in the belly of the beast. That's the third one, which is the darkest times because I just want to give the kids the the, the outline. And right. so you know uh, if you're if you're looking at the the Lucas. I always use these examples, you know. Um, um, the darkest time in Star Wars is when they're doing the, de- the, the Death Star run, and everybody's being killed, and mm. uh, Han Solo's taken off, and nobody's going to make it, right? Yavin's move is going to be blown up, it's, and you give up, you know. R two's been shot, you know. All you either you you give up or or you have to push through it. That's as they say. So being in the belly of the beast. Right. In the Matrix, it's really clear. Like, and I watched the movie The Matrix, <laughs> and I wasn't prepared for it, and it was perfect when you're not prepared for it, and you see you know, um, the main character, get N- Neo, gets shot, and you're like, I know the rules of the game. He's now dead, right? Mm-hmm. And the first time he gets shot, you're like, okay, well, maybe, maybe he can survive that. And then he just opens up on him. Blam, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, oh, no, this is so bad, right? And you're right there at that moment because you know that's the end. In the Hunger Games, they're going to eat the berries, right? Because mm-hmm. they can't... They, they Only one of them can survive, and neither one wants to do it. They're ready to do it. They're ready to, to just commit and, and die. So all those things happen in the belly of the beast. Um and then we have uh the reward or seizing the s- the sword, I call it um uh facing the dragon and uh gaining the treasure. And so either you have to face the dragon and defeat them or you gain the treasure either way you're gaining information or you're you're gaining something that you've learned, right? Um if you want to go to um uh to it the long version of 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 uh friends, you can simply say that that's that's the marriage between um um Courtney Cox's character and Matthew Perry's character which I can't remember their names at this point um because I. that that's that's <laughs> the moment that's the moment when all those things change right that's the right. moment where they actually they grew to that point we were we were getting mis- misdirections with Ross and Rachel um but the, but mm-hmm. the real the real relationship was them all the time at that point right so um and, and, of course, we get that reversal because Ross and Rachel end up together in the end anyway. Oh, spoilers, folks. I should have said that. <laughs> yeah, well, um, don't worry about it. <laughs> anyway. So, um, and then, of course, the road back, I don't go with that because it all comes back to the return, which is what, you know, the road back, the resurrection, which is number 11 and the return, where you have to go back to where you ended. And, again, what do friends end at? They end at perks. Mm-hmm. Right. So and again, it's just I'm just mm-hmm. I'm pulling what the example that you guys are brought up, right? So um, if you go and look at movies, this is the same way. This is why they go back to Hobbiton. They go back to the Shire. This is why there's the you know at the end of uh, Star Wars four they have the medals, right? This is mm-hmm. why in, in Hunger Games she goes back to District twelve because you have to go back and transform society in a small way, even by showing that you're different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so. This is the large one. The small ones that are still involved could still be within some of those sort of minor aspects of gaining that treasure or going through that ordeal or those little aspects of that one stage that they're in within the 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 whole the whole story. Right. But like I said, there's there's all sorts of stories that only use part of these stages and then we feel uncomfortable because we don't feel like we've had a full meal. We don't mm-hmm. feel like like they've 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 done enough to, you know, um to really feel like it was a, a properly done story.
0: Right. See, now the my thing with that would be is I'm not going to say that that you're wrong, but this goes with what I said before. I think what ended up happening was the idea of the hero's journey kind of usurped a lot of things for our entertainment and then got shoehorned in and you're right you're right because a lot of stuff like i would say that the uh quintessential example of a story that doesn't follow that is every sitcom ever made up until about like 1986 with a couple of exceptions because they're all about homeostasis
1: They're all about no change. Yeah, yeah. They're all about each episode. Everything has to be exactly the same at the beginning and the end.
2: And how many of those have have ended up lasting through the test of time?
0: Yeah, but I can I can cite the best example of a show about nothing ever made was the Cosby Show. Like nothing happened. It was just these people hanging around being pleasant, and that ran forever. That became a template, so that during the early '80s. Every sitcom up until Married with Children was the Cosby show where, like, nothing happened.
2: Well, again, I, I don't know if Time nothing counts. happened. The characters grew up and they moved out and some other characters moved in and they had a brand new girl and then they ended up having to grow. Uh, the, the story of the Cosby show it was about the parents in the mm-hmm. end, about the parents letting go of their kids. That was the hero's journey for them. The, you know, you have to look at the question of the story, right? So, right. what's the question? The Cosby show. How do you get rid of your kids and still be <laughs> friends with them? And still be friends with them, right? So, because uh-huh. there, were, there's all sorts of times where Cosby's like, you know, I I brought you into this world. I can take you out again. Like that was one of his main things. <laughs> uh, and there were and there were challenges where, oh my God, I I may not be able to rescue a relationship with Theo because he's driving me crazy. Um, and while there was lots of humor in there, there was a lot of truth that. People felt deep down like, oh, my God, I have these same problems with my kids. Um, And yes, it was light fair. And yes, Mm -hmm. it was all that kind of stuff. But in the end, they're the only two that walk away. That's why they came back with that other show with just those two as a couple. Because they they, they they had completed that particular hero's journey now they said what would happen and they don't even use the same characters what would happen if we had two characters that had that same journey as we had and and what's their next hero's journey
0: see I think like I think you're being a little um, generous to the whole thing because I think the only time you see actual change in most sitcoms is uh, when you get like the cousin Oliver syndrome where yeah. circum circumstances outside of the story that's Brady Bunch change.
1: that's
2: a Brady Bunch reference for those people who didn't know <laughs> Don just
0: made a Brady Bunch
2: reference
1: yeah <laughs> there you go. And, there there go and I knew it and I knew it I knew it oh my god actually I confess I didn't know what he was talking about and I, there did, you go. I actually did watch the Brady Bunch when I was a kid yeah that's
2: the later that's the later oh that was awful wasn't it Don
0: And and that's, that typically for any sitcom is the mark of doom when they introduce the new cute kid, which they only do because either the old cute kid is hitting puberty and not cute anymore, or you've run out of all of the um, main character can't get laid, so now he has to get married and we'll do the family life story kind of thing.
2: Right. Mm. Which, so again, it brings back that same question for me, though. mm -hmm. Does it last the test of time? could people go back and keep watching Brady Bunch over and over again? They can't, right? Because those things don't... You know, you're waiting for that payoff that happens, that completes the the mythic story, and it doesn't happen. This is Mm -hmm. why we don't watch Growing Pains over and over again. This is why we don't watch Family Ties over and over again. This is why we... I mean, we could go on and on and on with every sitcom that doesn't. But the ones that do, Mm -hmm. the taxis, the the WKRP's in Cincinnati's, those ones, those resonate because... They have completions, they have growth, they have all the elements that we look for in that story. And I, you know, I agree with you when you say you know, Hollywood's been churning out um, you know, the hero's quest, the hero's journey, the hero's journey, but the reason why they do it, why we don't like that is because they do it badly. It's not because and, – and it's just the same as like, oh, man, that William Shakespeare. All of his plays <laughs> were done before, man. He did – there was Greek plays. Those were Italian plays, and he did it. But well, why, why do people read them all the time? Because they were done well. It wasn't that they were new. It was the same format as what were done many, many times before. It's not the format that's the problem. It's how well it's done.
0: See, I would disagree because when you talk about your like Brady Bunches and your Cosby shows and your Growing Pains, we do watch them over and over. It's just every couple of years they get labeled something else, have different actors, and then outcomes pretty much the same.
2: Yeah, you're right in that. Mm. In that we watch the same thing over and over again, but those don't last either. So what happens is they go, okay, this is a hit for so long. What's going to be a hit for so long? But in the long term, it's the it's the ones that have the full arc, the Breaking Bad's, the uh, Sopranos, um, and and those are the ones that that people buy the DVDs for. Those right. are the ones that people. I mean, uh, there will be people who will buy you know buy some some of their favorite old time stuff, but that's just you know that's sentimentality. It's not it's not for for the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody nobody watched Brady Bunch for the story. Um, sure, some I watched, somewhere did. <laughs> I watched, yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, generally, right? We're talking generally. I, I, I watched WKP for the stories. There was particular right. stories that were really funny, and it was because those characters went on that journey. You know, um, you know, I, I always use WKP because I, I think it's probably one of the top comedies of all time. I think right. it was brilliantly done, but I mean, um. Uh, what's what's his name? The 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 salesman. I uh, Herb. Herb. Herb Tarlick. Yeah. Herb goes. Th- <laughs> Herb goes through a huge change. Right. He you know he stop he you know he's always going to be a little bit slimy, but he stops being the slime ball. Mm-hmm. Right. And he grows. Go back to Taxi. It's the same thing with the character a uh, Louis De Palma. You know he's mm-hmm. somebody who is the the bad person they everybody hates, but then. He eventually becomes one of them, right? And he's yeah, he's he's annoying. He's a painful person, but he grows. <laughs> he grows, mm-hmm. and he becomes less of the like the shadow, the dark character kind of thing, and right. more of and more of the trickster character. And again, I'm using more of his perspectives. You know, it's funny. I I mentioned that a uh, bit about you know the Adam Sandler show. Have you ever seen the gloves and boots uh, video that they do on the hero's journey? No. Yeah, go look that no, up. I don't it's, think a little, so. it's a little it's a little 5-minute thing. Do You have no gloves and boots?
1: Yeah, I know of them, yeah.
2: Yeah, they do a, that... a a great little 5-minute thing where the one guy goes, "Why do Adam Sandler movies suck now?" and it's because <laughs> he says because he doesn't use the monomyth anymore. That's <laughs> why, you know, you know, Happy Gilmore, no it's not is maybe it's not Happy Gilmore, it's the other one. Um Anyway, one of the one of the movies because I don't like Adam Sandler movies very much either works, but Jack and Jill doesn't. It's because mm. he's he's moved off that particular understanding of the way to tell the story, and it's 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 when those hard and fast rules happen that we go, oh God, twenty minutes in, I know, I know, crossing the threshold. Jesus, Murphy, guys, come on. <laughs> um, but then you take a look at John Carter. And they do mm-hmm. the whole they do the whole hero's journey, but he does it in six acts, and it takes them forty minutes before he has his first inciting incident. Right, right. The first inciting incident isn't going to Mars. You expect that the first inciting incident is when he meets uh, Dejah Thoris, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what the guy argues in in that uh, that uh, particular podcast, and I think he's got a good argument. Uh, the story toolkit i believe i t- i talked to rob about it earlier so mm, yeah. it's it's when we take story that feels like a formula and we change it so that the story doesn't change but the formula is hidden that's when it becomes magical for us not that we not that we have to get rid of the the particular formula uh, and again i don't think it's a formula i think i think we're hardwired to tell stories a certain way Right, um, and I th- I think to tell good stories a certain way um, and I think I think that's happened all the way back you can go back to the oral storytellers where they'll sit there and they would tell stories and the person like, no, 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 you can't end it like that Why uh-huh. not? right, because that's not, he's got to come back from the grave, right okay, fine, Arthur will come back someday right <laughs> <You know? laughs> when England needs him most that's when Arthur will return, okay, now you're done thank
3: you very mm-hmm. much
2: yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> The audience does crave that because we have a genuine sense of rightness. Um, and I think it's because we don't just go to – and there's a really good – I'll have to send you a link for this too. There's a really good uh, – um, well, I don't say very good. He's he's not a very good speaker per se, but he makes a really good point um, mm-hmm. that we go to movies because we want to see reflections in our hearts, desires, and our fears. Right. And, and those kinds of things – Operate in that same okay, tell me the story. when does he come in? How mm-hmm. does this st- first happen? Where does he meet this person? What sends him on this particular voyage and And um you know I tell my students the same thing i say look it's 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 not only just epic movies it's every movie, and we we'll mm-hmm. go through every movie that they throw up, and I tell them exactly where it fits and that if I know it and then i say it's your it 's your life I mean you come into and come into high school in grade nine. You know what's your crossing the threshold first time you've gone in there call to adventure got to pass
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: if you don't pass you become a victim waiting to be saved <laughs> right <laughs> exactly if you don't cross in the school you become a victim waiting to be saved or homeschooled The same thing mm-hmm. i'm sorry i'm a public school student i'm just kidding um and then he's and then, not <laughs> kidding <laughs> he's not kidding i gotta keep my job somehow uh <laughs> and then I'm, I'm and then you know all these all these guardians these things that you follow that the, that teacher that won't give you a chance or that student that's bu- bullying you all those things it all fits within how we see the world and i mm-hmm. you know I, mm-hmm. I, I tell students i say i don't believe gravity is, is the most important aspect of of the universe i think it's story I think mm-hmm. everything is story. You can't you can't tell about gravity without telling a story. You can't you can't tell about how stars began without telling a story. Geologists no. are sometimes the best storytellers in science because <laughs> they have the they have the 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 ability to see the long term of something. <laughs> well, first there was this, and then there was this, and then it eroded, and then the two met together in a romantic grotto somewhere, and produced this great sedimentary structure. You know. Mm. so then how do you explain the stooges oh the stooges always have their own thing too I mean mm-hmm. if you take a look at the stooges they they they're always trying to get a job right, right. they're always or they're always trying to get away from a guy or they're looking at a pretty girl usually that's curly but you could consider that pretty girl to be a threshold guardian of some sort uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the other thing that's like i mean either, uh if you take a look at um at joe campbell he talks about you know all the characters they have that like, you'll find the same characters in every story right you'll mm-hmm. find the The hero, of course, the herald, the mentor, the threshold guardians, and the trickster, the shapeshifter, and the shadow and um and a lot of comedies, even you see all those
0: characters The only thing though is the stooges there's never there there's well there's there's never that changing moment um
2: <laughs> even... well there there's it's not again we're we're assuming that the the purpose for every single hero's journey is internal transformation. Uh-huh. And that's not no, necessarily the case. N- the, no, they,
1: it's not, but hold on. The, st- the studios don't change society around them either usually. They yeah, they
2: change they change they change their circumstances oftentimes. Not usually?
0: No, usually Oh they, no. They get slapped around and then they run away with their pants on fire or something and that's the end.
1: Yeah, like <laughs> the Marx brothers.
0: Yeah. Like they don't change society, they're victims of it. <laughs>
2: Well, no, I, I mean, they'll escape, they'll escape prison, they'll escape stuff, they'll, they'll, they'll still get away with their, <laughs> with, with something from the end, right? Maybe mm. it's knowledge, we could never be painters again in this town,
3: stupid. <laughs> what,
2: what, what, yeah, I mean, sometimes that's not all it is, right? It's sometimes, it's knowledge. Sometimes it's, it's a matter of, this won't work. mm mm-hmm. <laughs> Right? I'm trying to hammer something in the wall with a fish. This won't work. The end. My hero's journey's over. Time to start another one. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> See that? Okay. That, that, Sorry, Dunco.
0: I was going to say, that's where I think, Um, and again, go, going back, I think sometimes, like, like the Stooge thing, I think is a bit of a stretch. Like you can make it fit, but I think if you're trying – you'll run that risk again. We're getting, we're like, I think we're at that because Lucas was such a big fan of the hero's journey. Everybody wanted to make Lucas money that that whole idea has become Mm -hmm. gelled. It's a specific formula. Yeah. Everybody follows it. The audience is now expecting it because they've been conditioned for it. And you miss out on a lot of stuff because you couldn't really have the stooges now because you don't have a receptive audience. And, that way of they hit each other for 20 minutes and then we call it an episode excuse me
2: sorry i just i just burped oh okay we can cut we could have cut that out but not anymore
0: (laughs) (laughs) i didn't mean to interrupt go ahead Go ahead. go ahead well no but that's what i was getting at and that's why i do think again that like i think the three components of any story, character, plot, and setting. I think the hero's journey is the quintessential character-focused story. But I think that, again, the procedural, like we were saying, is the plot-specific one. Because you don't get, in a lot of them, those steps where the the, the characters develop their ciphers. They're almost props to further the plot itself. And I do... Well, I-
2: I I I I see where you're going with that, and <clears throat> and I I don't know. For, first of all, I, I would go back and say, well, really, how popular are the Stooges nowadays? Most people don't really. I mean, they they were popular again for their time. Therefore, they didn't have lasting. Resonance, and if we're right. talking about things that have lasting resonance, that's what we're talking about the hero's journey things that actually work in the long term and work between generations and work on that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, and maybe that's the reason why Blondie isn't that important, and Calvin and Hobbes is because it does follow a, a progression, right? Okay. Um, but let's 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 take a look at, at that aspect of what you're saying between plot and character. That's an interesting suggestion. Mm-hmm. Um Lots of people would argue that, honestly, if you look at the book, Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings is absolutely the hero's journey, um, but it's the hero's journey of the band, right? So right. it's not just necessarily Frodo. So well, it's the hero's journey of the band, the whole aspect is the story, the plot, because it doesn't go anywhere unless the plot drives it, right? Um and, and and so I don't know if you can really – I think a good hero's journey can't necessarily be driven as strictly a, a plot story or a character story. Mm-hmm. I, I think character-driven stories don't tend to have really intricate plots. Right. And so when when we're talking about the hero's journey, oh my god, it has to have a really intricate plot. Uh in at least uh the 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 traditional epic ones that we're talking about. Yeah. Um cer- certainly yeah, yeah, I mean, I believe you can do a hero's journey with um the notebook. I I think you can do the hero's journey with <laughs> with with most of uh, most of those dramatic kind of movies that we right. talked about. Uh, I just watched uh what was it uh oh what was it called uh it's like motion or something like that, but it was, it was like, maybe it's not that, What is it's, it's got, um, Will Smith mm-hmm. and Margot Robbie and, uh, Mil- Will Smith is, uh, uh, you know, a a trickster. He's a, he's a character. Oh, who's, I know yeah.
1: what you're talking about, but I can't think of the name. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah.
1: Oh, what's it called? It,
2: it's such a simple word and that's why you forget about it. Right. So it's like, um, it's like movement or motion it starts with an M. um, but the fact of the matter is is that, uh, that, that is a, that's a comedy-drama kind of movie and yet absolutely follows a very similar kind of the hero's journey because of the way we try to tell stories. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 I, and I wonder if it's because we're, we're trying to make stories that, that resonate more right. as opposed to just sort of telling pastiches. Like, you know, we, we, used, to, we used to be burlesque. Right, Mm -hmm. we used to come up as like, okay, here it is, and that's the punchline, but damn, okay, I'm on. Here come the naked ladies. Uh, Uh So, um, and 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 that's good for the moment. It's like telling a joke, right? Right. Um, The joke is funny for the moment. The the sitcom is funny for the is funny for the moment. But 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 where are the residuals? Where where are you going to come back to watch Die Hard every every Christmas, right? mm-hmm. <laughs> you, can, you, you there's those certain movies that people, and that's what Hollywood wants, and right. maybe that's why they're in love with the hero's journey because they know if they get it just right, they're going to get that movie that people go, I got to watch it again. It's you know, it's March 14th, and I always watch this on March 14th. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, but and 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 I don't know. Um, but every time I look at really successful movies and really successful novels and stuff like mm-hmm. that, that have lasted and that right. continue to last, I, I keep coming back to, yeah, it kind of fits. It kind of fits.
3: Mm-hmm. Well,
2: maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I've been before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's a chicken and egg thing, right? Is, yeah. Are they the best movies because they follow the hero's journey or are they, you know, or are we saying oh look or are we just using them as the examples of the hero's journey so naturally they follow it like is it a, is it truly a chicken and egg situation so are or- you, are you
2: are you trying to suggest that because we're hollywood's enamored with the hero's journey of course the ones that are successful are hero's journeys or
1: well, that would that would be one take on it, yeah. Yeah, I, mm. I could go with that. But um, I'm just saying
2: that if that were the case, then you'd have to go back and take a look before we got really enamored with the hero's journey and look back at like Casablanca. Is it a hero's journey? Sure. Um Robin Hood. Is it a hero's journey? Sure. I mean, like you could go back to the ones that are back in the golden age of Hollywood and they're still doing the hero's journey. It's just it again, it's just <clears> that the, the timing's off, right? The timing's different than what we've got in Hollywood. We really hate the Hollywood timing thing right now, because we're all doing save the cat, right? Mm-hmm. 20 minute, 24 minutes. This mm-hmm. is what's happening. 44 minutes. This was happening. It's not that save the cat is echoing the hero's journey. And that's why it's the problem. The problem isn't that it's that the format is so stringent based upon time, based upon what our expectations for the next gasp is. Um, Cause the hero's journey itself, as we kind of pointed out can span seasons of a television series it can span, you know, long uh, uh, a mini series. It can span uh, a couple of episodes. Even it can be one single movie. It can be all those things because it's not defined based upon um, having a particular six act or five act or four act or three act or all the turnarounds. And, and it's it's based upon what happens in any
0: story. See, I think yeah, uh, you mentioned going back to like like the, 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 the golden age of film and such. And I think at that point you had a lot of movies that didn't follow the hero's journey because, you get, like you mentioned, say, uh, something like Robin Hood, like the Errol Flynn, the Swashbuckler era movies, they're not a hero's journey because the hero isn't really different at the end of the film. There's It's they're what moves the story along. The villain does evil. The hero shows up. He, ha ha, sword fight, ha ha, sword fight, ha ha. Beat you're, the villain, you're kiss falling, the girl. You're,
2: you're falling into the into the modern trap of what the hero's journey is, where it has to be transformation for that individual person, you know, inside and out. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's the modern day Chris Vogler version of that. That's not what Joseph Campbell's saying. Joseph mm-hmm. Campbell says, yes, that is part of it. Doesn't have to be though. It can be transformation of society, which totally happens in Robin Hood, right? I mean, he goes through a transformation. You can't argue he does too as well because he starts off as, uh, as a nobleman and then he loses everything and then he goes into the forest. And so, um, and then he comes out of it and he transforms society when Richard comes back and they, they overtake King John. Um, so that there's that aspect of it. And it doesn't have to be a big transformation. And that's, again, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're so used to the Hollywood version of this. That we forget that there's nuances in story, that it doesn't have to be the big, overpowering, starting off Harry Potter in a closet, ending off Harry Potter Greatest Wizard Ever Lived. You know? Right. Um and, and that's what we hate, right? We hate that because like, oh God, here comes the the another awkward little boy <laughs> or girl who's going to end up being the savior of the universe. And we see the same kind of problems in the sequel syndrome, right? Right. Because it's like, okay, well, they saved the world next time. What are they gonna do? Save the solar system, of course, right? You know, mm-hmm. oh, save the solar system, what's that? Well, the universe, what else are we gonna do? Now it's parallel dimension saving, right? I it's just like they always have to go bigger and bigger and bigger because they're stuck on the big story. They're stuck on trying to do that. But that's not what necessarily the audience needs. The mm-hmm. transformation doesn't have to be huge. The transformation can be – it has to be poignant. It has to It has to resonate with people. And it can be character-based and it can be society-based, but it doesn't have to be big.
0: Huh. See, I think there's a difference, though, between uh, transformation and resolution. Okay. And I think it's. And that would be the idea. Because I think of, like, a lot of the more, like, nihilistic kind of films that I've enjoyed over the course of my life. Um, where we can even go back to, say, like, the Errol Flynn um, kind of squash-buckling film. The hero defeats the villain. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is like a. It, it does change the world, but it doesn't i am try to think exactly how to portray it. it doesn't it's not portrayed as a transformative moment. It's portrayed as the resolution to an action.
2: Okay, let's how about Eating Raul? Is that a good oh. example for you? Remember that movie?
0: Where guys sit around talking?
2: No, 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 no. No, that no, no. Eating okay. Raul. You've never heard of Eating Raul. Have you ever seen Eating Raul,
1: Rob? I've never seen it. I've heard of it because Superstation used to play it back in the 80s like when there was the first cable movie channels. It <laughs> yeah, used to play it to death. I think yeah, it the... it's, a, it's an
2: early 80s movie. It's a very, you know, beef-lickish kind of movie. And the, the plot line is there's a lovely couple, kind of. One's really attractive. The other one's kind of a, an annoying guy. And they want to open up a restaurant. And uh, they find they don't have the money to do it. So um, some guy... Letches on the attractive girl and she ends up like clocking him with a with a frying pan and uh, they end up uh, finding Raul who's a, a shady character to get rid of the body and they rob his pockets and it goes into the restaurant fund and eventually they thought hey we can make a lot of money doing this because there's a lot of really really disgusting people. So uh, we're going to put out advertisements for sexual deviants. We're going to lure them into the Mm -hmm. apartment, and we're going to use the good old frying pan to take care of them, and then Raul will get rid of their bodies. So they make 50 bucks at a time or something like this. <laughs> at one point, there's a very funny sort of situation where they go in. There's a hot tub scene, and the guy throws in a toaster, right? And they just sort of go, oh, and they open up like flowers. And, I mean, they just, like, move out as if they're, they're, they're doing some sort of synchronized swim when they all get fried by the electric toaster. <laughs> and, and, and But then they realize, oh, my God, Raul is making so much more money. Because he's taking their bodies back, he's cleaning out their houses, he's selling their cars, he's doing all this other stuff. So they get really angry and Raul starts leching on her, which she kind of likes, but it doesn't sort of – so the husband – and they're anti-sex, right? So the husband clocks Raul and then they're upset because the person who's coming to sell them the restaurant – they have a place, a location, everything – who, uh, by, this is all spoilers, by the way. It's like 50 years old, but spoilers anyway. <laughs> and, uh, and and they come and they go, what are we going to do? And they go, oh, well, I'll get my... my you you make a pate. So they, they, they're literally eating Raul, right? And there's like this very famous... It's very dark comedy where there's a guy who's like, what do you think? And the guy's like, well, this is really tasty. And, and, the, and the husband, who hates him because he was leching on his wife, is like, that's tough meat, you know? <laughs> she goes, I think it's tender, right? So so they get... so But the... So you can say, well, the the world isn't transformed. Their world is transformed. At the mm-hmm. end, the resolution is they get their restaurant. So right. the whole world isn't transformed, but for them, it is the better in the end. Um, so the whole world isn't transformed in the swashbuckling things, but for the people that we know within that story, their mm-hmm. lives are going to be better because um, the Captain Blood, for example, which is another famous sort of uh, Errol Flynn movie, you know, Captain Blood. Um, has has uh, redemption for who he is. He's brought his friends along. Their lives are going to be better. Um, the, the, the right has been wronged in a very universal way, even though it's not a physical way. Um, the wrongs have been corrected upon, and there is that kind of transformation that goes on. So even every little resolution, in my opinion, is, mm-hmm. is, is a transformation of some sort.
0: Now what happens if it all goes south?
2: Well, not all transformations are good. <laughs>
1: there is that.
0: Right?
2: I mean, that, that that's that's the, the the sad truth about stuff, but there's the opportunities for change. Like, let's take a look at Hamlet. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you take a look at the tragedies. There's a reason why Hamlet always ends with a hopeful note, and the hopeful note is transformation. Like, mm-hmm. Horatio is there, and the Duke who comes in, or Fortenbrah, comes in, and he makes the entire speech, like... You know, all this awfulness that happened has been cleansed, basically. Right. There's a transformation that's occurring. Now, it's everybody's dead. Everybody's been (laughs) killed. Uh Um, But that was part of the hero's journey of getting rid of the rot that was in Denmark. Okay. Now, you can say there are movies that don't have any of that. And I can say to you, they tend not to be movies that people... I mean, they'll remember them for the things they could have been, not for the things that they were in the same way, right?
3: Hmm.
0: Well, because I'm thinking, uh, what about Mad Max? Which one? The original. The original? Yeah.
2: Well, again, I I would take Mad Max um, as a trilogy, right? Okay. So, uh, because I think that's what it was, you know, I mean, every movie that comes in becomes part of the larger story of Mad Max, right? Right. So... um. In the end, the final one is their transformation of society. Yeah. Right. There's the whole suggestion that they're going to build a better world. Hmm. That's what happens in Beyond Thunderdome.
0: Right. Yeah. They're going to build a better world with 12 year olds. Okay. Um, uh, psychotic,
2: psychotic
0: 12 yeah. year olds, but it,
2: it's going to be a better <laughs> world for them. Right. It's going to be a better world for them. And, and the old way has moved past. Right. Mm-hmm. The old ugly things that had happened had moved past time for
1: new ugly things. <laughs> well there is that I don't want to get into
2: the millennial story no, I'm just kidding Oh man That was nasty well, Actually
1: here's something I've noticed though Jack And this is an interesting point Now this, and this may take us somewhere interesting And you just did it You've done this multiple times during our conversation Don and I will say we'll look at this story Like an episode of Friends or something like that And you'll say no 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 look at the Friends as a whole overall story Don't look at it as the individual episode and you right. just did that again with Mad Max, you said, "Well, no, Mad Max doesn't no, no, look at the whole. you have to look at the whole thing and but the thing is, those weren't planned. You're looking yeah. at things that kind of or the Cosby show, it developed organically as it went on those yeah. the young the the characters left because the actors literally got older and wanted more money or whatever. Those yeah. were organic events that were occurring. those were not planned out of any story sense in most in most cases they weren't they were kind of accidents that happened, yeah, okay. So,
2: so so, let me ask you this. Um, do you think Mad Max would still be as resonant today if we only had that one movie back then?
0: Yeah, because we're basically living it now, so people would be like, say that "Yeah, too, but...
2: no, I, I think it would. Well, I mean, it'd be no different than Damnation Alley. It'd be no different than many of those other movies that, um, you know, Death Race Two Thousand, all those kinds of movies that that had their own post-apocalyptic stuff. But I don't think I think what made it resonate for people was you had the full hero's journey. I mean, you had to you had to go to Beyond Thunderdome to mm-hmm. be able to sit there and people go." Yeah, that was a great series, right? So, I mean, it was. You can uh, say, "Wow, that was a fun, that was a fun movie." <laughs> uh-huh. Um, but but what makes it what makes Star Wars even? I mean, Star Wars it it, it could have ended at four, and that was fine. It couldn't ended at five, mm-hmm. right? Well, because yes,
1: it had a cliffhanger, basically.
2: <laughs> I know, but there's all sorts of movies that ended off in a cliffhanger too, and they never came back. Um, yeah, well, that's I mean,
1: true. Actually, and oddly enough, people consider five like probably the best of all of them. There's yeah. a great yeah. many people who consider that, that that's the best movie of all of them, even though it actually doesn't have a proper ending.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, it, it
1: and absolutely.
2: Um, but again, doesn't that know, go
1: against what you're just saying?
2: Not necessarily, because we could we could go and take apart five and find you know uh, the same thing going on in the hero's journey there too, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it the hero's journey doesn't say everything has to be resolved to the end, but you notice that at the end of five, they all get back together and they have purpose. So there's a transformational moment there of bringing Lando Calrissian into the team. They all have purpose. They know what they're going to do. They will get Han back. There's no question about that, right, at the mm. end of five. That's the, that's the aspect. So that's why people leave it at that. If they just left it at that Han being taken and they don't have that moment back, that return of them getting back together in the Millennium Falcon. See, there's the return again, right? The return getting back in the Millennium Falcon. People went, oh, come on, that's a jip. <laughs> What's going to happen next, right? But but they do. They they're smart enough. Lawrence Kasdan is smart enough to do that. Um, and now and 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 you know I I I take the whole story as whole cloth because that's what we, that's what we're looking at is the whole story. If you want to look at you know independent pieces and see you know uh, what part of the hero's journey they do and and where they work well and where they don't work well, it's that's that's awesome. But um, even the Cosby, Cosby story, I mean. If that only went one season, it would have gone the same It would have been like, wow, that could have been a really good show. It's or that great. had some really good episodes. That would have been like mm-hmm. the Brady Bunch, right? It's it's, it's what it's the growth that we go through those characters. It's how we share with those characters that makes us want to look at that show in a much more fonder way.
0: See, now this is where I think we're getting at what I was talking about at the beginning that I wanted to get at later. Hmm. Because again, I think you have to uh, what Rob calls organic. I would call inorganic, because it's 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 the idea that stuff happens not as part of the story. Like uh, you go to Mad Max. I don't think there was supposed to be a second movie, and you can tell because
1: there wasn't. He never planned on there being a second movie. Yeah, because supposed to end with the Road Warrior.
0: Yeah, because when the second movie starts off, they completely change the backstory in that little speech at the beginning. Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. And and it's because Road the, Warrior you're talking about, right? The road, yeah. road Warrior, yes. And it was because it was only supposed to be that one film. Um when you right. look at like I say with just about any sitcom ever, the only reason you have development, you have characters, you know, oh Bobby's going to school now is again because of stuff that doesn't relate to the story. It's because the actors are getting old. Um, like Rob said, they want more money. The cute mm-hmm. kid isn't cute anymore. Um it's actually an attempt to kind of go back to a sort of homeostasis. Um, now, we, we look at it as, a, as development because our brains, when we, when we get stuff, are normally going to put them together. We look for patterns. We think of a story, like for watching a TV show, we think of it as a seamless whole, even though it's not. It's just a potash of parts that are thrown into a blender and see what happens because um that that's sort of the argument that i would make um go back to say the pulp era and their their modern descendants the superhero um a a character like say spider-man or batman exists in a bunch of different incarnations um you think say like spider-man there's the comic um there's the old comics that are different from the current ones um There's Spider-Man and his amazing friends. There's like the 90s cartoon. There's been like, was it three or four different movie versions? And we put that into a gestalt when we watch them. Our concept of Spider-Man is influenced by whatever of those we let in. And a lot of what we let in is kind of based on age and novelty. Because when you first encounter something like that, you don't have a full concept. It's not for a little bit till you start solidifying that idea and then... That's where the nerd rage comes in when they reboot it again and you don't like this guy and it's different from that. <laughs> but I think, um, yeah, like I say, I think for a while you run into that and that's one of the reasons why um, I think people, especially when they're writing, kind of, there's there's different, like I, like I say, I don't think the hero's journey is the core of every story ever made because I think there's other circumstances that kind of usurp it.
2: I I I didn't argue that. What I c- argue is it's the core of every good story that's ever made. See, that would... Stories fall f- stories fall off their 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 perch when they stop following the hero's journey, and that's when people fall apart. Even you let's, let's use your comic example. Mm-hmm. What are our favorite comics of Batman and Superman? They're the ones that follow a hero's journey. Uh, Batman: The Dark Knight Returns. Total uh-huh. Hero's Journey. Batman Year One, Total Hero's Journey. Batman, um, I mean, you can go through any one of those particular tightly knit ones, right. Hero's Journey. I mean, I, I remember reading a two-parter Alan Moore comic of Superman that he wrote back in the like early, late 70s, and it was the death of Superman. And cool. it follows exactly the Hero's Journey. And they said, oh, this isn't elsewhere comic kind of thing it wasn't really an elsewhere it was like this is a fair this could have happened or it may not happen kind of thing but the fact of the matter is is that those things that are transformative red sun all those kinds of things that we look at um that we go yeah that's what i love about superman because Mm -hmm. i love this particular story or i love this the the other comics that that we read and enjoy and we forget tomorrow Mm -hmm. it's because they don't resonate with the hero's journey
0: see i think I think that's wrong. Um, and I would say because <laughs> when you think about, say, Batman Year One, Total Hero's Journey, added like 70 years after the series started. And it was added after that time when the Hero's Journey became the big thing.
2: Okay, so tell me what your favorite Batman comic is then.
0: I'm not really a big Batman fan.
2: But that's what my point is, is that if you're going to articulate your favorite Batman stories Uh and 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 even kids back in the day, I know I had old Batman stories myself. I had old comics my dad had and the ones that were my favorites were the ones I could probably go back and say, yeah, this followed a hero's journey of some sort. Like one of my favorites in the 80s was a Hugo Strange one where Hugo Strange robs uh, Bruce Wayne of everything. Right. takes his entire personality takes, I mean, takes his character takes M- Wayne Manor and he's what, like wearing, he's goes nuts and wears the Batman costume. And you can tell it's not him, even though he's got this buff body <laughs> like Batman, just because he has the Hugo strange beard and glasses. Right. You know, uh, mm. <laughs> but it, it, again, right. I remember that story mm-hmm. n- looking back now because it followed those elements of the hero's journey. I love Batman regardless. But those individual stories that I enjoyed because they 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 resonated those things. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. There's all sorts of stories that don't follow it. We call those failed stories overall. Like they don't last long. The character lasts, right? But the story themselves don't.
0: Right. But, but that's what I mean. Can you call seventy years worth of stories failed?
2: No, but like, I can tell you that within those 70 years, there are stories that were the hero's journey, like his origin story. Mm-hmm. Usually the origin stories are direct hero's journeys, right? And mm-hmm. that's what resonates with people. And they go back looking for that next kick of that origin story. Some people will never find it, because the best story of a superhero generally tends to be their origin story and their ending story. but Right, the, but, right because because of that that static nature that we want to have. Mm-hmm. But you still go back looking for that kick because, oh my god, the origin story of batman is so cool right
3: hmm
1: that's an interesting point um how am i doing (laughs) <laughs> you're doing pretty well actually you you've managed you managed to defend the hero's journey pretty well
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> um well there's a reason why for 30 years i've loved this thing i i i've tried i do a lot of thinking about stories and so when you guys did and, and nothing against you guys do great analysis and i didn't know a lot about the procedures but when i started to look at how the procedurals roll out i think yeah they're just slow hero's journeys they're just slow heroes journeys. And one of the reasons I don't like you, we had a really good point. Um, one of the reasons I don't like um, um, law and order is because <laughs> they, they operate so slowly. And I had this conversation with my parents, but and I don't like procedurals for the most part. I mean, police procedurals for that reason. Right. Uh, I like, I like mysteries because they tend to ha- follow that kind of hero's journey a little better. Um, and I didn't realize that until I just said that now, but mm-hmm. um I talked to my parents who love Law & Order and I Mm -hmm. said, the characters don't freaking change. And they said to me, because they've seen them all, Mm -hmm. yes, they do. And that's part of the fun for us is realizing that it's not about the character, it's about the story. But Mm -hmm. every once in a while, they'll reveal something which adds to that character from then on for the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what I'm thinking. Oh, okay. So this obviously is a hero's journey. It just ends up being such a slow pace because they want to either keep it going through the procedural style of things um, or whatever it is that that's why it doesn't seem like it is. It's still going to have a call to adventure that's going on. Usually the call to adventure procedure is there's a crime that's been committed right mm-hmm. um well, and, and there's a, a resolution hold,
1: hold on a sec jack uh, jack hold on one second there we're okay. talking about the police procedurals right okay. so yeah we're talking police procedurals okay yeah but in law and order okay having watched create many of them over the years and that oh good you're you're no no i was a fan for a while and they played them to death when i was in university and years later don and i both watched them quite a bit mm-hmm. um, oh cool in, in law and order yes they did have those little character bits that eventually worked in, but the truth is a lot of them were basically filler or just, you know, little character detail, and they didn't have any calls to adventure or any of that. There might be a quote-unquote call to adventure in a single episode if you want to call somebody He's randomly dead, stumbling over a body a call to adventure. Oh, there it is. Uh-huh. But that's within the story, but within the actual, yeah. as in the whole series, as like the characters themselves didn't really have arcs.
3: They oh, yeah, they did.
2: Yes, they did. Some no, characters left. Some they, characters left, and some characters changed their jobs, and some characters did different things in the long term. Died, some the, characters the, died. Some characters
1: died, but they would come in and then they would do their thing each week, and then they would, and that would be it. But no, they didn't actually have. There was no call to adventure for the characters or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They had a few things happen in their life that might have been mightily interesting for the audience, and then eventually they're just. And eventually, they just leave when this, when their time is up in the show. They don't, necess- they don't really have a true arc going on. And what is happening yeah. is mostly circumstance. It's mostly just the whatever they think will add a little flavor to that particular episode. They have that character's kind of dealing with something tangentially connected to kind of add a little depth to it. But that's not planned, which goes back to my earlier comment about organic stuff. Where mm-hmm. so much of what we see in modern television in shows like Law & Order is not or it's not planned. And my point is a hero's journey is a planned story
2: nah i don't I don't know no, I don't think so I don't and think, I think it has that's to one be. of the
1: reasons we're running into difficulty here
2: is yeah, that I, I, I i i think you're back to you're back to that Hollywood ideal of it has to be a particular format to say that it has to be a planned story that way i think par- our 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 lives being a a hero's journey, it's not planned. I mean we do the very best that we can, but if you look upon the tracks of your life, you're going to start to see at least. I certainly can see maybe maybe it's just my own hallucination, Humans but I are can pattern making see... machines of course you exactly can see. <laughs> and, and and but isn't that what the hero's journey is It's a pattern that we identify right that that we identify, oh yep, this is where I had this happen, this is where I had this happen, and it all fits within the hero's journey maybe maybe for law and order, the call to adventure was here's my job, I'm just setting up my desk, and this is my call to adventure just like it is for my students going into their grade nine thing. It's not always, oh, my God, I have to pull the sword from the stone. Like, that's
1: we, – we, well, uh, that's where we get to what Don was talking about where there's a character's hero's journey and then there's, like, there's actually procedural stories as we talked about before mm-hmm. where the hero's journey is not the focus at all. It's actually about the plot. It's about the yeah. events that happen. And there may or may not be any kind of hero's journey going on. It doesn't matter. And yeah, that, but, that, it's not there – might, there might be one, but it's incidental more than anything yeah, else.
2: But again, you're, you're, you're assuming that the hero's journey is a character story where when, once we said – like, again, back to Joseph Campbell, he says it could be all about transforming society, which is not the personal hero's journey. That, and that's certainly what Law and Order is about is trying to transform society one case at a time, Right.
1: That's a valid point. That's a that's a, and within the individual episode. I mean, so, I suppose that's yeah. true. Um, I, and we and will th- restore I, the balance of justice, which is what most I, mysteries are doing. That's true. And I think
2: this is. I think this is the problem: is that we keep coming back to what you guys keep seeing as the hero's journey is that Hollywood template, right? It has to be a transformative thing for this main character. It has to be this kind of thing. It's like, you know, mm. but Joseph Campbell will say, no. The hero's journey could be a uh, merry band of fellows all going through the same. Plots to try to be able to modify things like uh, the Red Branch, for example. You know, it's the uh, Celtic version of King Arthur. You know, Cú Chulainn and the Red Branch, right? Those stories are yes, Cú Chulainn is one of the main heroes, but the Red Branch also is like the main focus of it, just like King Arthur and his uh, the Knights of of the Round Table. It's not just all stories about Arthur. Um, it's not just those are certainly the whole Arthurian um, Vulgate or or the Arthuriad, as they call it. Um, <laughs> That certainly is a hero's journey. Um, part of it is, is Arthur's journey, but the main aspect is transforming the world for a more kinder place through the various different characters and the plots that they get involved in. So it's, it's, it's not just... A single person's journey, which is what Hollywood wants to make it, because they want to make it relatable, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we want, we want, we want these four-year-old kids to be able to, to to be able to buy action figures and stuff like that. But that's just that's just a dumbed-down version of what Joseph was Cam- Campbell was saying. Look, this is what I find in every single story, well-done story that
1: lasts in cultures all around the world, right? And that's uh, there are two issues that I see okay mm-hmm. and this now i i actually generally speaking i will let's i'll be honest with you Jack. generally speaking i agree with you okay actually i generally do overall but i do to, <laughs> see two issues with the hero's journey as you present it okay or and having not read campbell which is my own fault i should at some point i admit so issue number one is that the hero's journey as you're presenting it is so freaking vague that it can accomplish anything it's pro- it's only li- I made a joke to you in our email exchange about wow if you just get rid of two more steps you can call it a three step story or maybe a three act story instead. All stories have a beginning, middle, and end. Well, thank you Shakespeare. I didn't know that. Um, and that's like the three the, the the hero's journey is such an incredibly it's so generic. That unless you do add like that focus of transforming society or that, it really doesn't really mean. Okay, so a character goes out and does something. Well, okay, congratulations. That's effectively all you're saying. A character go out and does something. Okay, yeah. Well, that's every story, can, pretty much. And so, is that really useful?
2: So I, so we can end right now because I just I think you just agreed with me because that's my my whole point is is that it's every real story that happens. So to argue against it makes no sense. And yeah, it's useful in the respect that once you understand that it's every real story, then you can start looking at, okay, so how does this, how does the hero's journey take place in this way well it takes place in a procedural or it takes place in a gothic romance or it takes place in this kind of format or it takes place in this kind of format but but understanding like you say it's universal you just it's not a bug it's a feature man it's that's wait, the whole hold,
1: aspect hold, hold hold on jack what you then that i have another name for it i have another i i i just had a brilliant idea there's another thing we should call the hero's journey we should just call it a story how about yeah. that How about we just call it a story and stop calling it a hero's journey instead? Sounds great. (laughs) He he understood
2: (laughs) the uh, – he identified the underlying aspect of story
1: very great. Okay, but <laughs> at that point it's so vague, it's not useful. But anymore. no, it's
2: not it's not vague. They, he has the very specific steps that you have to go through. I just outlined every time you bring up an example, I outline how that example works or it doesn't work, right? Because if it doesn't work, then they don't end up being long-term stories. Or if you, you take a look you, at those
1: or you could argue that the exa- that the elements that you're presenting are so incredibly vague, they can be made to fit any story as opposed to any story fits them which is what I was kind of getting at earlier when I was talking about the, the movie examples you use. did they choose it or did it choose them?
3: Well, no, I, I, the...
1: I, I think
2: that's, that's a little unfair. If he identifies the call to adventure, that's an identifying mm-hmm. uh, signpost. The fact that every story has it is not his fault that he identified it
1: that's oh yeah that's true the fact that every story right. has
2: I go, so that yeah, every that well, every, every story, story has ha- to have a beginning that, that every story yeah it has to have a beginning but the idea that he recognizes it's not just a beginning it's a call to adventure that adventure either comes to the character or the character searches adventure that's a little more than just saying it has a beginning right that's not to true. mention not to mention that you know the other aspect of crossing the threshold that's not just saying it's a middle That's an actual point of what's going on in the story, right? Not to mention Mm -hmm. saying things like, you know, in the belly of the beast, being the darkest part, you know, uh, the worst possible circumstances. Now, we recognize that as as writers, that you have to, Mm -hmm. you know, reach further and further up to get to that critical mass. But he names it. He names exactly how it looks and what's supposed to happen. Just like he names, it doesn't have to say, there's no there's no the end doesn't mean you have to go back to the beginning or you don't you have to go back in one way or another to a return for those reasons and Campbell identifies why that needs to happen to make the story work really well so so it's not it's not a beginning middle and end that's a really oversimplification right it's it the, he does identify very specific elements that just so happen to work for all these things it's not his fault that he under uh, he he describes it
3: Mm. Uh, you can't. You can't just point. say it's
2: nebulously. You can't just nebulously say, "Well, it's just the same as the beginning." Well, it's a little more than a beginning. When you say adventure follows the hero, or the hero captures adventure, right? You can say the beginning is, "Well, I just opened the door and here's my chair." Right. Um, that's that's the beginning of a of a of a scene, but it's not the beginning of a story. Story happens when you have some sort of inciting element which draws the person into adventure. Now, we recognize the word as inciting element. That's more of a modern take. Why? Because we started to understand the aspects of how this happens, that there is some sort of call to adventure that goes on.
1: So, you know, okay. this, this is... Okay, done.
0: Oh, I was going to say, I, I I think you're kind of getting it at... Because this is where, like, I, I, I kind of... Th- what I think makes Ceylon Order not a hero's journey is the end. Because, like I say, I think there's a difference between a transformation and a resolution. So they catch the crook. The crook goes in jail. That's a resolution. It's not exactly a transformation because next week there's going to be another crook. And chances are...
2: the world's a better place from that crook being gone. There's going to stop that person from killing again. You know, there's there's also the even even the laws of, of universal justice are upheld in one way or another. A person he may never kill again. Maybe he was killing his wife, and uh, but the fact that that the justice is balanced. The scales are balanced in one way or another, right? Well yeah in but that respect.
0: But that again, what what you've basically just sort of done is is I, it's and this is where I think a is different from the hero's journey, is you've basically just gone back to the beginning. And then next episode, I wouldn't consider it it's not a call to adventure when the next crime happens because it's the purpose of these characters, they're detectives, to solve crimes. So it's kind of again, a process not a journey.
2: Well, here's, here's where I disagree again. <laughs> Sorry I'm giving you guys such a hard time. But no, let's, we're giving you let's, a hard
1: time too, so it's fair.
2: <laughs> let's, let's say they, that the, the character says, no, I'm not going to do this case. Mm-hmm. They're no longer the hero of that story. They are now uh, a victim waiting to be saved. They either have to somehow change their mind or we have to find out a way to help them to become better or they leave the show. So there, it's there's There, there is a call to adventure in that respect, where we are all answered to a challenge that happens to us, and in the story, that's the challenge that happens to them. It's not like, I mean, yeah, in in, in a real case when we're looking at it as police officers, yeah, mm-hmm. this is just another case. But pol- people choose to be police for a reason; they don't just do it for a paycheck, right?
0: See, but but that's it, the thing because I think you can deny the the call as it were to use the the current phraseology and you're still the protagonist like i mean that was the whole point of like the first mad max that they were trying to force adventure on him and he just kept turning it down and he became the victim that's literally what the first mad max is all about him becoming the victim but that was the story like it it wasn't it 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 was it,
2: was it really though? Because if oh, it was, he would oh, have walked yeah. away and, and and he would have been killed. He he answered the call. He just didn't answer it the way they liked it. No, well, <laughs> the when, whole idea of being Mad Max is he did things his own way. That was his call. That was his answer. Well, no, he's actually, still,
0: it was it, it was the opposite. Was that he didn't do it. He didn't want to be the hero, and he loses his family. He loses his job. He like at the end of the movie. All he's got is a shotgun and a car.
2: But that's what I mean. He still answered that call in the respect that he didn't seek adventure. Adventure saw, sought him, and he had to make those choices. He could have walked away. He but did. he went for revenge, right? He went for revenge for everything that happened. Mm-hmm. That's answering the call. That's, that's not ignoring it. That's not stepping away from it.
0: Uh, see, that's where, again, I think... Because I think what ends up happening, and this is where... Um... I don't like the idea of getting wrapped around the axle with the hero's journey. Like is because I think to stick within the hero's journey model, you can have a perfectly valid story that stops at any of those steps.
2: Yeah. But I, I don't think it's going to be, it's going to resonate. That's my concern. See, Here's where I think you guys are stuck.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Cause
2: I think you're stuck on the idea that if you take the hero's journey as a universal, mm-hmm. you feel hemmed in by it. And that you feel that there's more – there should be more that we can do as writers than just have to do the hero's journey. And my – or as Rob would take the opposite side of this and say, or it's so meaningless it doesn't matter anyway. Whereas I, I would say, look, okay, let's, let's look at what, what I'm trying to suggest is is that human beings have certain things that we do all the time. Mm-hmm. We breathe. We eat. We crap, we drink water, we connect in social ways, we connect with stories in social ways, we connect stories in a particular manner in social ways, probably Mm. different than cockroaches do. That doesn't necessarily mean that we have to follow the Hollywood version of what the hero's journey is. What it means is if you take a look at how Joseph Campbell identifies... The massive variety of how the hero's journey shows up in varieties of cultures—it leaves a huge array. So, like I said before in our, the blog post, the hero's journey is the road. Mm-hmm. How you decide what that road is depends upon whether you're using a procedural or whether you're using what something else. It could mm-hmm. be a city road, it could be a country road, it could be. But that point A to point B, all those places in between—that's just a way of measuring how you're doing on that journey. It's not defining where specifically that journey goes in, uh, what ending specifically it has to take. It's just telling you f- to to have a, f- of a sense of that denouement of that full feeling that people have when they, when they have a story and, and we all know what it's like. We've gone to a movie and we go, well, that was a great movie, but the ending sucked and therefore the movie sucked. Um, uh, to have all those things happen in a story, well, there's a reason why the hero's journey has lasted so long is because it is the monomyth.
0: I, I think there's a difference in purpose that we're looking at because any, any example that I come up with that doesn't fit the pattern, you use the retort, well, and it, it it's, it's not generally like remembered. It doesn't make a lasting impact. And I think you're right, but I don't think every story should have to. Like, people will say, go watch a slasher flick, and for two hours that slasher flick is their universe, and then it's over and they go home and probably never think of it again until 20 years down the line when somebody remakes it. And they're like, I remember that! Sure. And I think that kind of thing is perfectly fine. And I don't think, even though it doesn't have a long shelf life, I don't think that necessarily makes it an invalid story.
2: Of course not. You're absolutely right. But I thought the original uh, purpose of what you guys were talking about was how to make good stories.
0: It is, but I think, and this is where, like, the definition of good, I think, differs. Because Mm -hmm. I do think you can make a story that it burns incredibly brightly in the hearts of your audience for an hour, and then it's done. But you get that hour. Like, there's things all the time that you grow up with that you're like, this is just, it's the greatest thing ever and then 10 years down the line you'd feel embarrassed that you ever cared but for for that time for that that moment you make that connection that that it's 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 magical it's this big thing and then it it's done but moments don't last forever and i don't think it's necessarily wrong to not want to hang on to that
2: oh you mean like cork <laughs> <laughs> well, I look
0: back upon Quark and i right. and
2: i 'm embarrassed that I watched that show, okay. but I loved it growing up no and, and again there's no argument about that don mm. i'm my job as a writer is to try to write the the thing that will last, the thing that people will appreciate and enjoy, mm. and something that will be able to touch different generations. There are lots of people who write, and they're often called bloggers, mm-hmm. write something that will write something that people will go, Wow, that's amazing. That's the latest BuzzFeed thing. And it, you you chew it. It's like bubblegum. You spit it out five minutes later and you forgot you even wrote it. And then two years down the line, somebody sends you the link and you go, Wow, it's amazing. Oh, crap. I read that already. Yeah, it's pretty boring. <laughs> um, that's great. You're right. There's lots of room for Drek in the world. See, um, but as I- somebody. But oh. I mean, and when I say Drek, I don't mean Drek as in dreck as in something that is terrible i mean um dreck as in uh pulpy uh fun that has no lasting meaning that there's lots of room for that and there always will be right but but as 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 somebody and i'm sure maybe rob i'm, I'm speaking for you but as a writer <laughs> i want to have something mm-hmm. that lasts be nice. and it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't have to be shakespeare But if somebody else can pick something up two generations from now and it still resonates with them, my job's done, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm always looking for. And if that's what you're looking to do as a writer, you can't veer away from the hero's journey because we know those things that last Mm -hmm. have in some way followed the hero's journey.
0: Mm -hmm. See, there's, 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 there's something there that I don't feel is quite the entire picture. Like, there's some underlying element to that. Because I don't think, um, if you talk like things that last, I don't think it's entirely a, uh, a product of the thing in and of itself. Like, I think there's a lot of circumstance you have to kind of take into account.
3: Hmm.
1: Well, there are also... Uh, I think the, I, I agree with Don on this one, where I think there is something missing. And I hmm. think that there's, some, there's another element, but I can't quite put my finger on it either. Don and I have actually discussed this before. There is something... Like I said, Jack, generally I agree with you on the hero's journey. Although, and this is going to sound really odd... But I think that we, and I refer to you, this is a generational thing. So I'm going to take you and I'm going to drag you along with us too, Jack. (laughs) Tend to actually be a little bit over-focused on change and transformation. And Mm -hmm. it's not just because of Vogler or Lucas or whatever, actually. Although they were definite factors. I remember noticing this myself back in like the 90s and such when I was in university and such. And even before that, I was kind of aware of this where we grew up on episodic television where nothing really did change where every episode would begin and end at the exact same place that it always did and episodic television is based or procedural television whatever you want to call it is based on nothing happening because Mm -hmm. if something ever really did happen this it would change the show and that's not what the audience wants that's not what the producers want and that's not the american system to milk it to death so we lived in a time when we were constantly fed any uh, we were constantly fed episodic stories that had no real change, and so we kind of grew up just l- desiring it or lusting for it, I suppose you could say uh, because and being happy for whatever change we got because that's not the way our stories tended to be told, at least not the ones we were consuming like say Star Trek or whatever and so as an end result, I found that I and many people that I knew tended to become a little bit focused on on um stories about change where stuff actually happened just because we'd been deprived of it for so long as we were growing up and And so
2: hmm? okay good no finish your finish your thought
1: and so i think that we are inherently drawn i think there is a natural desire for stories that involve change because we like to see something happen we want to see how things resolve we're temporal beings things have a beginning middle and end and we want to see how they end Mm -hmm. And we don't feel complete unless we do see how they end. But at the same time, I think we're also, generationally, I think we're also drawn to those kinds of stories because they represent something that we didn't get in our stories when we're young. That's basically all I'm saying.
2: Okay. Uh I, I'll challenge your, your, and you said this before, your assertion that Star Trek doesn't change. I, I challenge that entirely. Uh, the original Star Trek changed a lot. In fact, uh, if you look carefully, you'll see the changes that were uh, small in the series. And maybe they weren't intended to. But by the time you got to the movies, which is, again, the larger scope of the thing, the whole point of, of, of Spock's death being probably one of the most poignant deaths of, of science fiction history. Mm-hmm. Is because of the relationship and and the trials and the things that happened between Kirk and Spock in the original series, right? So there's there's there, they absolutely grew and changed and grew together and and like the, the the story of Star Trek again. What's the main story of Star Trek? Brotherhood. That's the story of of Star Trek, and not necessarily brotherhood is only only guys. I mean a fellowship mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. kind. Um, and that's and that happens, and you see that resonate. Uh, specifically, to through probably two, three, four, and five, and and six. Honestly, all the way through, you can see those things in the in the movies. But you know, when they look at each other, and Kirk says, you know, the the, the word is no, we are therefore going anyway. Mm-hmm. And they say, or, and then he or he says things like, you know, I can't I can't ask you to go. And Sulu looks at him and says, Captain, I I appreciate it if you just gave me the word. Right, mm-hmm. so these these are these are elements of, of and that's what drew us without even knowing that hmm. was that was the central theme. That's why I love Star Trek beyond all the action pack stuff. Of like, geez, I hope I grow up and have a Spock friend. And <laughs> bones, you know, what I mean, because those mm-hmm. people have your back constantly, right? And that's different from other things. And and it was and, and that's what drew people into the idea of my God, that vision of Star Trek. Was beyond that show of being a, 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 a infinite diversity, an infinite number of combinations of of that 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 brotherhoods thing, like inspired people into NASA. It changed mm-hmm. the Enterprise name for the shuttle <laughs> to Enterprise. I mean, you know what I mean? All those things came from that hero's journey that we were all having. We were all transformed from Star Wars or Star Trek. Um, so. Anyway, that's a little aside. Um, I, 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 you know, and I and I do see that. You know, I, of course, I'm I'm a debater, so I'm arguing really hard for this side. But mm-hmm. I, I think it I think it has value, and I, I wouldn't argue it if it didn't have value. And but I think I think you ta- think you tapped on something, Rob, that I didn't even think I didn't even know about until you talked about it. I think when you have a society that is anxious for transformation, we want to see iterative change in our stories. So um when you go back to the early times you saw that when Homer was giving you know daily reports of of the Iliad right mm-hmm. it was a continuous mm-hmm. story that he was going on um then you get into um the talkies and all those kind of things up to the future where these short little advents go on and 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 they're just trying to roll stuff out but again even my dad what did he like to watch most the serials mm-hmm. right because they were continuous of the story, and they had a beginning, a middle, and an end. But they also had that transformation of oh, and usually they were all sort of self-contained serials, right? Yeah. So they had their own little hero's journey that called all the way thing. So then we get up to here. What bugs people most about like Next Generation for me and stuff like that that it doesn't continue. It doesn't. It doesn't grow. Why did I love Babylon Five better? Why did Babylon Five win more awards than Star Star Trek Next Generation and Star Trek Deep Space Nine? Paola. And it did. Uh, no, they had no money. They had no money. They, they had no money. They had the cheap Amiga special effects to deal with stuff. They had no money Ooh. for any of that. And that's because people people glommed on the fact like, oh my god, these people are going through a journey and I'm going through it with them. Mm-hmm. Whereas you have – and again, I keep bringing this up but it drives me crazy. I can't, I can't wait for the Star Trek episode – I have to tell you now, the thing I hated most about Star Trek Next Generation, the one episode that stuck in my craw the most, was the one where Geordi gets um, uh, uh, brainwashed by the Romulans. Mm -hmm. And that was a good Mm -hmm. story. I liked that story. That's not what made me angry. What made me angry was at the end of the episode, he goes up to Deanna Troy and they have this little conversation, and it's never mentioned again. Never mentioned again, not even as a side, not even as a movie. It was like, yeah, remember that time you were brainwashed and the next day you were fine? Right? (laughs) And then you take a look at Babylon 5 and you've got the doctor and they tell his story of being uh, addicted to stims. They tell that in three seasons. They build up the fact that, so you can see him using stims more and more and more. You can see him denying all that aspect. You can see him fighting with the addiction, and then you can see him breaking the addiction, and then leaving Babylon 5 for a while to go on walkabout to be able to identify who he is. That's a a story arc, that's a character arc, that's a hero arc that he goes through just within the larger arc of the whole thing. So, um, yeah, you're right people are hungry for that. And I think it's becomes a transformational aspect yeah. because if it was just our generation, then the people in the nineties would be bored of it by now. Why? But they're not. Why? I, they're
0: doing it more and more and more. Yeah. I think, I think Rob is That's right true. though. I think Rob picked a bad example though. Okay. Um, cause you mentioned Babylon five and the plan from the beginning was for it to continue. Um, but if you really, if you want to see that conflict between, the old school serial way of doing, like TV, and the new school continuing. Wait, wait, just went? second, Don,
2: oh. uh, you're saying that Babylon Five was meant to be more than five seasons? Because I understood it was only meant
0: to be five seasons.
2: But that's that what was how he pitched it. Five. But that's what okay.
0: I, but, but that's what I mean. They said we're doing five. Okay. Whereas, like okay. when they did the Next Generation, it was we'll keep doing it till you stop watching. Like it, it was written like most TV, yeah, of but, that period a lot today. Yeah, but where you can see the change really happen, it's from the same era. It was uh, the X-Files. Because yeah. when it started, they were trying really hard to be the old school, like, episodic thing, because you'd have, like, you, you had, had Scully, and she's like, there are no aliens. You were just kidnapped by them. There's no monsters. You just had a dude crawl out of a drain pipe try to eat your liver. There's, like, no such thing as, like, ghosts. You were almost, like, eaten by one. There, there's, like, no such thing as the paranormal. A possessed prisoner tried choking you out in jail. There's no such thing as the paranormal. A giant fucking grasshopper was trying to eat you. And that went on for a very long time. Like, much yeah. longer than you think it... Like, this woman has some That's why I stopped
2: of, watching it after three yeah. seasons. Yeah.
0: Right? Cause it, and,
2: and I, a lot of people did.
0: I see the people I knew didn't, and I had to see them all. And like I said before, I used to fuck it up for them. <laughs> I would tell them how each season was going to end because it wasn't till around three or four they said, "Continuing story, let's do that." Because everybody forgets in the yeah. first season that was like vampires that just disappeared.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, you're right. Because you're it right. was, it was supposed to just be Kolchak again, and yeah, yeah. But that's it's a week. Yeah, and yeah, I, and, and and Kolchak didn't last either, did it? Well, it was, it was a season, but it was one of them things that if you want to talk something that made a big impression on people, that was, that was a show, like. Sure, sure. Anybody who saw it, like that, that, to the point that when, when Chris Carter did the X-Files, he said, yeah, it's like, Kolchak was awesome!
2: Yeah, but, but again, you're, 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 and and I don't want to sound like I'm coming up with every excuse in the book, but, but. We're talking about story, right? So mm-hmm. it, when if, if you think about Kolchak, tell me which, which story it was, which was the one that got people all awesome. People remember the monsters, right? Uh-huh. They remember they remember the cool sort of things that happened in Kolchak, but you can't sit there and say it's it's his origin story or it's, you know what I mean?
0: No, you, it, you, you don't, and it didn't matter because it still made that huge impression on people. I think from what I know of talking to people, it was him. It was because that character... He yeah he wasn't the guy that normally hunts monsters. He's a cowardly obnoxious little jerk and that wasn't the hero. <laughs> and yeah, but he was tenacious and that's what what kept him in it. And and this is where I'm saying that like yeah, for the people who saw it, it made a huge impact even though it doesn't follow any kind of progression, even though it's directly episodic and and again, I think that's fine. I think episodic is perfectly acceptable. You can do a valid, meaningful, deep story, if you want, in that way. You don't have to have it this, like Rob was saying, the idea of change and growth and development is sort of a new fetish for, uh, for entertainment.
2: Well, that but that you just you just said it yourself, it's not a valid deep story, Colchak. Well, it's it, just it's just it's a quirky character that we liked, well, right? It depends. I mean, and, and even if you look at even if you look at the X Files, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this series was important, and that again, the series eventually was transformative in the respect, right? It people changed and all that. We actually lost characters in that show, um, mm-hmm. and you can say it's organic or inorganic or whatever you want, but I'm just saying they went through a transformation. The reason why you know. Effectively, that you know, it almost failed. In that is that the the movies, the TV movies that they came out with were flops, mm-hmm. or the, the the even the theater movies came out were flops. It only ended up when they did that that retrospective, like six episode series, mm-hmm. to go back to it, and then it was because we wanted to see the change that had happened to them in the p- previous time people were curious about that aspect yeah. you didn't get like a bunch of new lists or new watchers to watch x-files you watched the old people to see are they still together because remember that's the whole aspect of x-files was the real story about x-files was was part of it you know part of it was did malder's daughter or sister really get uh, kidnapped mm-hmm. and can we ever find her again right but right. the deep story of, of X-Files is, are they ever going to get together?
0: Yeah, but my my thing to that would be, um, the thing with X-Files, why the movie's not flopped, I think, is just because it was a product of its time. Mm. And when that was no longer the zeitgeist, people just couldn't connect with it. And to that effect, if you want to talk about change and development... Look at say prior to the '90s, how many TV shows were based on that? Will they or won't they? And as soon as they did, nobody gave a shit. As soon as there was actual transformation, everybody got off the ship.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're, you're exactly because that was the end of the story as far as they knew, right? Because that was if you make the story about that, then mm-hmm. then when that story is over, that's all they care about. And when X Files, when it came down to will they or won't they, it lost its its. At sparkle as well it's very hard to do that i mean i'm trying to think of a show where they still kept it there there, there was one like i mean you can go back to ones that are all that but again if that's what your question is if that's what the quest is mm-hmm. will scarecrow and mrs king get together there's an old one for you right <laughs> yeah that's, a, that's an old will, reference yeah <laughs> will, 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 will they get together in moonlighting right right those are those those whole shows were based upon that none of the other stuff mattered mm-hmm. that was the hero's journey for those characters it it was and so of course when they were done they were
0: done but seeing and that and that's where i say like the problem with that is it's not i i don't i wouldn't necessarily call it the hero's journey because like you say when it's done it's done but it's not because it wrapped up and everybody goes oh that's how it is it's because everyone oh my god it's different now and i hate it well, no, and but don't you understand, Don? There's
2: different because the hero's journey was over for the people who who watched it. It wasn't done for the writers, but that's because they misunderstood the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. They misunderstood what the journey was about, right? So, and and you can say, well, that's not really a hero's journey. But you know, love is probably one of the greatest hero's journeys that we all go through, right? Mm-hmm. So that that idea of aspect. So for many people, that's it. So it's. It's, it is It is. the climax of what's happening, and then they want to know the denouement, and then that's what happens, and it's over, and okay, good, that story is over now, and I hate everything else it came up with because <laughs> you were setting me up for that. Like Go back to Scarecrow and Mrs. King, which nobody remembers but me, right? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, but Scarecrow and Mrs. King, that was the whole thing, right? She was married at one point, and that was keeping them apart. But then they got rid of that obstacle. So then you, you got rid of those guardians in that way. And, and then you kept moving towards and falling apart and moving towards and falling apart. You got all of those obstacles. The moment they were together, done. Thank you. Here is journey over. We're done. Why are you giving me more about the story? I don't care about anything else because that's not what the story was about hmm That's not what the call to adventure was about.
0: See, and, and I think that's where we differ because I think like in those cases, I don't think the characters were actually characters. They were in a way ciphers. That they were they were again a product like, say, like the Brady Bunch era that you knew every day. That that the two characters were going to bicker and you knew there was going to be like that sexual tension and that's what like drew you in, but sure. there was no desire for that to be resolved because they're not exactly characters, they're not people, they're banter machines. Like in the audience?
2: No, no. I, you don't get into banter machines until you start getting into like Seinfeld and stuff like that, right? I mean, you, you wanted to. I wanted to be Scarecrow. I mm-hmm. wanted to be a secret agent. I wanted to have the hot, you know, <laughs> ex the hot ex angel uh, in love with me, right? Uh-huh. So we again we watch these shows together uh, because we it's it's fantasy that we want to fulfill. It's the stories that we want to be able to have come true in our lives or avoid. If you're talking about horror movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, even Heart to Heart, I'm still hitting you. Heart to Heart, remember that show? (laughs) Even Heart to Heart, they they were. I know, I'm old. Thank you very much. (laughs) Welcome to Fantasy Island. Um, Heart to Heart was a story about a married couple, but they weren't any married couple. They had action and adventure and they had passion for each other and they and so people look at that stuff and even though you're right they're absolutely ciphers they're 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 not genuine characters in the same way where we expect the flaws and that that's not what people are looking for and that's not necessarily it can or it doesn't have to be part of the hero's journey how developed your character is is not really part of the character hero's journey how developed the character finish offs is not necessarily part of the hero's journey Mm -hmm. that there is some kind of progress or regress um, is, or I I don't even say regress because I know I use this argument in breaking bad. Mm -hmm. He doesn't regress to the point in the end um, in breaking bad. He follows that hero's journey to the pen. He comes to it's, it's that idea that, you know, becoming evil uh, Mm -hmm. only works in a story if you um, accept who you are uh-huh. in the end, right? Cause then people respect that they respect that. You know what? He was an asshole, but he knew he was an asshole. Right. So, mm. um, and, and, and he was fine with that because he still did the things that he had to do. Um, right. and, and so that, that's, that's people respect that. Cause once again, you look up on the screen, you look at that character and you go, yeah, I would be Walter White because I wouldn't be a sniveling little wimp when cancer <laughs> comes to get me. I wouldn't, you know, because remember, he gave away all this money. Remember, I, I don't know if you saw, but I saw it all. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, he, he met his friend. Remember, his, his friend made a ton of money based upon the stuff that they did together. Right. And he was really, really resentful. And that was part of what drove him deeper into the crime thing because now his pride was in place. Mm-hmm. It's like, I could have had all that stuff, Right. So, and that was part of that journey too, because he didn't realize how important pride was to him until that moment. And that's middle of the way, right? Mm-hmm. So he's uncovering all those things. So again, to say that the Breaking Bad is 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 just a procedural. Oh my God, the the transformation that goes with that character and with the world around him in in understanding who he is. And when I say the world around him, I mean the people around him, because that's what we're really talking about in in the smaller hero's journey not the epic the mm-hmm. epic does transform the entire world that's where you save the de- you know you destroy the death star or you throw the ring in mount doom or whatever it is uh-huh. but in in the, in the in the other ones um the ones that are really truly character based because i would argue those epic ones are always plot based um the character truly character based ones are based around the transformation that happens to the character themselves or and or the people around them in the story
0: see i i would um I can't disagree with you on the Breaking Bad, but I think that's, again, the this post-90s idea. I would go back. I kind of take a Scott McCloud's take on things, and I would say you get something like, say, Moonlighting or Cheers or the, what was the Tony Danza one there? Uh, oh,
1: Who's the Boss?
0: Who's the Boss? Yeah. yeah. And the will they or won't they thing, I think in a lot of ways is, um, as Scott McCloud would say it, it's kind of a a mask that it's like you said, I wish I could be a secret agent and have this like ex-angel that I hang out with and that. And people read themselves into that and they they connect. And what ends up happening is when you resolve it, it's not because that story is over, but what you've done is you've separated the character from, from the audience. You've broken that connection because now they're not following the script that I was totally in love with. And that's part of the 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 it 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 breaks it it breaks that kind of um, reading yourself in it breaks.
2: Well, I I, I think it breaks I, again. My argument would be it breaks the hero's journey for that for that watcher because mm-hmm. they they you un un unconsciously you know what works and what doesn't. Unconsciously you get the idea of what the story is about. If you don't get what the story is about, the story is very convoluted. Would you agree with that, Rob?
1: Yeah. I'd agree with
2: Generally, uh, it, it, it could be it could be complex, and that's and and requires some thinking. But if you will, if you can't piece out at the end of the movie and figure out, oh my God, what was this movie ever about anyway, then then it is it, it's fallen off of the the hero's journey. <laughs> it's fallen off of any kind of format and the whole bit. But in the end, when people disconnect with that, will he or won't he? That's a very simplistic version of the hero's journey. That was. That's that's the impetus. I bet you that's the selling point of what all those shows were was like, yeah, 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 it's going to be a comedy. It's going to be about families. But you know what? They're both single and and they have an attraction. But she can't go out with him because he's the maid. How about that for a switch, right? <laughs> Tony Danza is the maid for her house, and she's a strong woman, and she's got too much gumption. That's right. She's too strong to want to give in to her desires for Tona Danza. We're going like, to draw this sucker up forever. You know, it's going to be really, really good. And then when they get married, the show canceled in like a year and a half or something, whatever it was.
1: Right? Actually, so, you're wrong. Because people you're, were done. You're completely wrong about that one last point, though. This is one of those... Yeah, it kind of... This, this, did it go on? No, it's, this is the exact opposite. The, they were, oh. the producers were worried it wouldn't work in syndication if they got together. So in the end, they just kind of look oh, at okay. each other and go, yeah, it's not working for oh, me. Oh, that's right. And they actually mm-hmm. just go... They, he just moves out and they just break up. That's just... Mm-hmm. T-
2: but then, but that's perfect then, right? Because then you, you draw the, the, you draw everybody together for that whole hero's journey... You have a resolution that you know that 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 they transform and realize that they can't be together. That's still a transformation, right? It may not be what people want per end, but it still follows that hero's but journey. of like never a self discovery.
1: They never were together. Well, no, they, their, 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 their relationship was pretty much the same as season one as it was in season seven. It, it's the no, same no, they they right? did kiss. We, they did kiss. In the end, they just go, okay, no, we're not. And they just no, they
2: did kiss. I remember they did kiss, and they did have this conversation, oh, and they did look at each other as to where it was going to happen. I, I'm, I remember – because I, I, I watch too much TV. I remember watching <laughs> oh, that series 80s. too, and mm-hmm. I remember that they actually – he had a conversation. Kiss? Okay. They kissed, and they and they they had a conversation. I remember Tony Danz had a conversation with Alyssa Milano, mm-hmm. and she was urging him to go out with her. Right. Right. So there was there was the 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 climax of the tension of this. It wasn't sort of a throw off the shoulder like yeah yeah we never meant it. No, it was it was a build up and and like that's interesting. I didn't I didn't realize at the end that that was the producers were afraid that he's like.
1: Because this was that, the time when... And, they and I could see that. off syndication, right? So, mm-hmm. And
2: not all, not just syndication, syndication out of order. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: They had to be... So, to yeah, that. exactly. And that was a big part of American TV, remember? It goes back to what I was saying earlier. Oh, It was all designed sure. to be watched in any order possible because it was expected that these episodes were going to just be randomly whipped out and used as filler, basically. Yeah.
2: And, and so, see, here you guys are trying to hit me with all these ones that I can come up an argument, and I'm going to give you the one that I can't. Mm-hmm. Okay. You ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. And now, now to be fair, it is a terrible show now. So <laughs> I guess I could argue specifically that it really didn't. But it still has... It had incredible appeal at the time, and people still remember it now. Mm-hmm. Gilligan's Island. Mm-hmm. That's true. What changes in Gilligan's Island?
0: Nothing. See, <laughs> I, I, I think, That's though, that funny. this... See, because you said something... That I think kind of highlights my problem with your position, like from from my position, I guess you'd have to say, um, was because you said that people instinctively know what works, and I don't think that's quite right because I think what it is is some things work, and they don't work because of some big underlying like structure. Sometimes it's just puerile. And and that's what I was saying, where you can, characters can be a cipher. Like, why did Gilligan's Island work? It's, nothing changes. There's no hero's journey. Yeah, but you had like two hot chicks and a weird guy getting hit in the head comedy. And that's all it took. And it makes that connection. It makes that resonance, even though it, it doesn't subscribe to, to, to the, to the, to the formula. It's a separate formally, It's a separate way because I would say a lot of comedy falls into that category.
2: Oh yeah, but I mean, again, I, just to go back to a point I keep saying is that you know which episode of, this, of Gilligan's Island is your best? Is your best? None. You, you can't you can come up with things that you remember. Um, mm-hmm. You can't come up with like a full story which is your best. Just like the whole Batman situation, right? It's like there are certain Batman stories that resonate for you. Now, maybe it's the pilot episode of Gilligan's Island because there's a transformation that goes on there in the mm-hmm. pilot episode. Uh, maybe it's when they come back. No, that was a terrible show. <laughs> That's, that was a terrible <laughs> movie.
1: The Globetrotters! Trotters can't use that
2: as an excuse. Yes, the Globetrotters. Mm-hmm. The Globetrotters are your favorite. But what happened in the Globetrotters show other than the
0: Globetrotters were there? It was awesome. The robot. They played basketball against the robot.
2: <laughs> yeah exactly right. you remember images right but you don't it's just like it's just like saying you know um you know what the best story of all is um Abbott and Costello no you remember who's on first mm-hmm. I mean and you remember the odd sketch and you might remember a movie that they did which was really awesome but that movie probably followed the hero's journey so that you don't remember the whole movie or you remember bits but remembering bits isn't a good story right and 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 Gilligan's Island is about the bits. It's the hot bits with the girls and it's about the bits where he's, uh, you know, a below skipper in his hammock and being hit in the head. Right. So,
3: yeah.
0: But see, now that's no no that's where we differ because I think that's perfectly fine. And it's perfectly valid is like a deep meaning story that resonated with me greatly. It's something, it still makes that emotional connection and it can still make that intense emotional connection and And I don't think like that's inferior to not having something that this this like deeper running thing like
2: well, you just said it's deeper, and then you say it's not a deeper thing so i, I what I want a definition for you, Don, is what is a deep emotional connection or a deep connection to a story, what makes that for you um because I have a connection to Gilligan's Island, which is a connection of being a child and enjoying the funny parts of it. Right. But that doesn't mean I, I have a deep connection to the story, and that's what we're arguing about: is story, uh-huh. right? How the story fits, and the story I'm not connected to. I'm connected to the setup.
0: Uh huh.
2: I'm connected to the funny bits. Uh huh. And I'm connected to the naughty bits. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> see now my so. Where and, and that's okay. I don't have mm-hmm. a problem with that. I don't have a problem with chewing gum and spitting it out either. But again, we're talking about what
0: makes resonating story, I thought. Well, see, and this is where I think, again, you put that story bit at the end, and I don't think that's essential. I think a story that resonates is part of how you do that. But I don't think that's the only way to get that. Re- Resonance is something, the way I would say is, it makes a deep impact on you. It's something that sort of like burns itself into your essence. It's just, it's, it's always going to be there kind of thing. And moments can do that too. I mean, in real life, real life, the stuff that does that are moments. There's specific events. There's specific one thing that happened. It's not that like you, you look back on your life and, and you analyze the flowchart of how all of these events related in that. It's you remember specific things. You remember that one home run when you were in like, fifth grade Mm. and that made you feel like a superstar. And there's been stories made on that premise that that one event, because that one event registers with you, that has a big lasting effect that makes you who you are. And it's just one tiny thing. And that's why I say, Mm -hmm. like there are plenty of stories that I love that made a very deep impact on me. And it might've been a character. It might've been a plot. It might've just been a visual But I think that's just as, I'm going to have to pick another word, momentous as if it was this long, complex, you know, character thing that gets right into the the head of the character or if it's this transformative event that happens in a, that that happens in in a given story. Like, I I don't think just because that doesn't happen, it's not as valuable uh, a story
2: well, maybe, maybe, and here's something I'm going to throw, throw at you. Maybe it's because you're creating the hero's journey in your head to make it valuable for you. I'm, and the reason why I'm saying that is let' let's let's examine what I would say is like one of the most baffling things for me and most nerddom is is sports. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so like the, one of the most important moments that resonates with so many people is um, Babe Ruth's pointing at the bleachers and right. hitting the ball, right? And, and that alone, in isolation, doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. You have to know who Babe Ruth is. You have to know his story. You have to know the 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 shape of him. You have to know the power that he has. You have to know what he brings. You have to know all those kinds of things to make it really resonate. Right. And that's why I say, like, so when I'm talking to people who are sports people and they go, "Wow, that, I can't believe it's so and so, so Like Kobe Bryant is this, and I'm like, "Who cares?" They go, "No, you don't understand. I've been following this team, and since Kobe joined it." So they they Kobe's, you know, for them, Kobe's already hit the call to adventure by joining their favorite team. Right. Right. For them, he's already done this. So they've they've filled in the blanks of those moments to make it the hero's journey, even if it hasn't been scripted that way. The story is fully in their head. Yeah, but it is. You know, it's just like Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. Uh, you know, what's the biggest uh, the biggest uh, flaw of Wayne Gretzky as a, as a as an immortal hero? Mm-hmm. He joined the L. A. Kings. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. He became an American. He married an American. You know. Yeah. He's yeah. You know. I mean, he became Darth Vader in in people's minds <laughs> because of that particular thing. But again. That doesn't mean anything unless you know who Wayne Gretzky is, unless you know his journey. Yeah, but sports are sold like that. Yeah, but I mean, everything's sold like that, which isn't the full story that you're talking about. Everything has that full resonance to you because you know the story
0: behind it. Yeah, but I'll put it to you this way. I love Quark. I thought Quark was awesome, and I thought it was awesome for two reasons. Number one, I love the ship. It's got this weird ship with arms and a Pac-Man mouth. And number two, the thing that made and 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 this really stuck with me. And Rob will probably laugh because he'll see how this formed my opinion of everything science fiction or fantasy I saw after. I thought the idea of a space garbage man was brilliant because, really, what do they do with the waste? You never see that. And then yeah, yeah. And then that thought led me down. The, the idea that you never see them do laundry. You never see, like, a space plumber. And all of this stuff would exist. And to me, this goes with setting. Like, that was... The show was just a goofy comedy, but it struck this big chord because it painted, for me, this bigger picture of setting. And it highlighted a lot of what's missing from other science fiction kind of stuff. Yeah, and, for sure. And it's... it That shape everything about me afterwards and it has like nothing to do with the transformative anything it has nothing to do it's it, not even a progress it's just the question who flushes the toilet and then
2: it's yeah but that's but i mean there's there's the story for you is the story includes all these other science fiction stories and the call to adventure is give me something different Yeah, but <laughs> you know well, what i mean so but, the, but that's and, me and, and, and that's the, not quirk. that that might oh be i me. know and that for me but that's and that's that's what I I'm, I'm trying to suggest is it's the even the stories that aren't stories mm-hmm. that still resonate with you you're the one that makes the call to, the 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 hero myth you're the one that makes the call to adventure you're the one that makes all that stuff so that it works for you See now By the way I still love Cork <laughs> until I watched it again I, Did you watch it recently Yep
0: I got the disc Oh it's
2: Oh, good for you, because I I was like, oh my god, this is so bad. I feel so bad. My childhood Jamie is just killing himself. Because I loved it so much. I love Ficus the plant. Beep, beep,
3: beep, 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 beep. beep, beep, Exactly, (laughs) exactly.
2: We don't have sex; we pollinate. Yeah. I remember that, and I never saw that episode in like thirty years, right? So, right? But also, part of the reason why I like Quark is because it made fun of Star Trek in some ways, uh-huh. because it mimics Star Trek, because it mimics Star Wars, right? See, so it's I'm I'm already connecting it to the other heroes' journeys that I loved.
0: Okay, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go at Robin Cole shenanigans on that one though, because like I said, for me what made the 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 deep impact on me has nothing to do that it's a structural element like it's not okay. it's not what happens it's the framework that something could happen in
2: i and 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 i can't certainly argue what connects with people mm-hmm. uh if they articulate it themselves and so i i i concede the point for you in that respect i only suggest that um uh to make something worthwhile, mm-hmm. and and I, and I and probably when you didn't watch the the when you didn't watch the DVDs for a long time, mm-hmm. um, you probably remember elements like mm-hmm. I do, right. but don't remember entire full stories put together. See, I did, which was my main my main point to the very beginning is if we're talking about creating lasting story, right, and not not images, not ideas, not a poster that we loved. Not a song, well, songs are stories in themselves, mm-hmm. but you know not a not a not a tune of that stuff um then then if that's 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 a whole different kind of thing, but if we're talking about something that is I love this entire story mm-hmm. then then that particular story in some way has to have followed in my opinion the hero's journey. And
1: huh. mm, I think that's a good place i mean. Sorry.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good place to end. I <laughs> yeah. like, like I said, I loved Quark, uh-huh. but I remember the little things, like the guy before Ficus, who who was there for one season, but lost his eye because he fell asleep looking through a microscope. <laughs> Uh, I remember Gene, Gene, and how yeah. bizarre that was. <laughs> uh, very bizarre. I, I but I remember I if you told me what you know, well, what happened in in episode two, or right. you know, even what happened in the pilot episode, other than he was complaining that he got given that ship in the first place, uh-huh. <laughs> and Conrad Janis was in it. I couldn't tell you what happened, you know, in the in the story. The story itself was immaterial to the to the weirdness of mm.
1: it. Right, so. I can see that well, okay, on that note, thank you, Jack, for coming on. Um, it's been an interesting and very spirited discussion um, yes, I'm not sure either side has actually budged all that much, but um right. it's it's been a good it's been a good think piece, and actually you you've presented your case really well. I have to say that mm-hmm. um and uh, I'm sure there are listeners those that managed to actually get through the whole thing um, <laughs> I <laughs> have been left with a lot to think about um, because I'm sure – Well, some... I, I highly,
2: re- highly recommend you, you go read or watch The Power of Myth, which is Joseph Campbell's conversations with Bill Moyers. Okay. I highly re- recommend those. that you go buy The Hero with a Thousand Faces, uh, The Masks of God, Primitive Mythology gets into all the different aspects of how even primitive man – had these basic stuff. And then, of course, his book, Transformations of Myths Through Time, mm-hmm. is a really interesting uh, read, too. He's, that's just a couple of them that I have on my bookshelf that I think are awesome to go check out.
1: Okay. Sounds like they should definitely check them out, and I will link to them in the show notes.
0: Yeah. Of course, there's two other things I'd recommend, too.
1: Okay, what else, Don?
0: Every, everybody should read uh, Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics.
1: Absolutely, because,
0: for sure. Because that talks a lot about what an audience gets out of things and why and everybody should immediately go to amazon rate the second and buy cork on dvd because that's the greatest tv show ever made
2: <laughs> thanks so much for having me guys that's a great way to
1: end it okay Love awesome it. okay <laughs> good night folks have a good one good night <laughs> thanks for listening to the show